episode 47 of the 10 Count Wrestling Podcast. We are back. It is quarantine edition, day 652, I believe. And we've got the whole team, Mr. 305 Live, Mr. Get Your Pen Ready, and the 10th wonder of the world. Boys, how are we doing? We're doing great. It's, uh, yeah, day 52, I think, of, of National Watch, of 15 days to slow the spread. 15 and, days uh, to slow the spread. Oh, yeah. But we're hanging in there. I remember, we started basically March 16th because it was the Monday after my birthday, and I got an email. It was like, we're not going to work until the foreseeable future. So. This whole lockdown's been the uh, typical storytelling that WWE would do, is they promise you one thing. And oh, there it is. Less than a minute. Something else. <laughs> less than a minute. Um, so, yes, uh, fitting. It's been very fitting. I'm still waiting for those liars to give us the blood and guts match. I'll just go to a supermarket. You'll see it all the time. Actually, they explained why well, they delayed it, Chris. I don't know if you know this. There's a pandemic going on. <laughs> you big dummy. Yeah, what do you want to kill my grandmother? Yeah, You're an <laughs> asshole. Oh, my God, that's mean. Oh, I'm man. sorry. I'm sorry. So everyone in the room is alive and well, which is good. Yeah, thoughts and prayers to Gladys Steigles. Uh, yes, to the whole Steigles family. They suffered a loss, COVID-related. Beverly Brothers. Yeah. Beverly I, again, Brothers. I don't know, again, I don't know the Steigles family as well as you do. Um, I can't really speak on it as well. I don't know her either, to be honest, but Steigles <laughs> is a good man. <laughs> and he's on the front line, so a big shout-out to Chris Steigles. That's true. He is an right. EMT in uh, one of the med- Medway, I think. Medway. Yeah, Medway Fire Department. Know your friends. As yeah. Tony Stanton would say, thoughts and prayers to all those on the front lines helping us here. <laughs> yeah. All right, so today we've got a little bit of a different topic. We're going 5-5-5. Five, five, five. The original idea was top 10 gimmick matches, and then we kind of took a left turn and took a second left turn, so it's going to be top five one-off gimmick matches. The top five, the way I'm putting this is gimmick matches that should work a whole lot better. Um, and we'll get into that. Uh, essentially, the, the matches that wrestling is too predetermined for these matches to work believingly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the top five gimmick matches altogether. This isn't individual matches, of course. Um, so if you have a match in mind, the type of match is the overarching idea we're going with for it. So that's a little vague, but I hope everyone's on board with what we're saying there. Cool. Uh, we'll before, get there. before we get to that, um, if you listened to our terrible attempt at a live stream episode four and six, <laughs> we, we did a po- we did a, an online tournament for voting, uh, the greatest world champion in WWE history. And Stram, you're going to go over, you know, we had 13. So to the nine of you outside of us who responded to the poll, we thank you. You have the 13 two-on-two finalists matchups, right, Stram? I do. And thank you to, to those that took the time to vote. I'll, I'll mention each name. What we're going to do is uh, I'll go through it. And we have the, the results from round one, but I'll actually go through everyone's and, 
and figure out who the Elite Eight would be based on how everyone voted. But just as a quick rundown, because you all took the time to to input your votes, uh, I am going to go through the champion runner-up from each submission. Um, Jay, who I believe is Jay Santos, yep. uh, had had The Rock over Bruno San Martino. Uh, Brian, Feder- Brian Fredrickson, the venerable and legendary handsome Brian Fredrickson, had Bret Hart over John Cena. Kyle the Smile Richie had Hulk Hogan over Bruno San Martino. The, the God of Hellfire had Bruno San Martino over The Undertaker. So, hey. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Why don't you hey. just read Moby Dick? <laughs> Why'd you just suck Moby's dick? So the great thing about Skype, I just muted both of these two. This is like uh, around the horn. You can see them both trying to talk. Uh, you'll be back on in another, you know, thirty seconds if you let me finish the, finish the running through it. Oh, look at them both talking. This is great. We might have to post this video. <laughs> I feel like Tony Reale. I feel like Tony Reale right now. John's gone. You can unmute Pete. I think Pete will behave. He wasn't snoring. Whoops. How do I unmute? <laughs> Uh, wait, hold on. Maybe they can, can you unmute yourselves? Try that. Strem, you are a piece of shit. (laughs) 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 You know what? You're you're, you're just like all the Democrats. You just mute whatever you don't like to hear. I see how it is. (laughs) I have to give you credit on that one. Trembly, you have to unmute yourself, which... Which, by the way, is funny because that makes my muting capability I'm gonna move, uh, not I'm so gonna good. Mute Strem, the whole fucking podcast. <laughs> Trembly. Uh, ah, good. Now he's muted. No one can hear Strem anymore. All right, let's just let's just call it. What's <laughs> the point? Team Steve. Yourself, Trembly. What's that? Hey, you can unmute yourself if he I mutes us. You can just press on mute. Yeah, that's. I don't know if you, uh, you heard me. I just did. <laughs> that's, uh, just give me fifteen more seconds. Uh-oh. Team Steve. Team Steve had Triple H over CM Punk. Pete Carapazes had Hulk Hogan over CM Punk. Mike Parcella had Michaels. Shawn Michaels over CM Punk. John Tremblay had Stone Cold Steve Austin over John Cena. Dustin, the troll, uh, had Chris Benoit over AJ Styles. Oh. <laughs> Jason Wedge had Bruno San Martino over Brock Lesnar. Mike the Candyman Kaminsky had Hulk Hogan over John Cena. I had John Cena over Hulk Hogan. And Chris had Triple H over Edge. Much more to be discussed, but without uh, our two resident haters on the bracket talk. Thank you. You to know those what you guys should have done? I think if you did a live podcast where everyone could have discussed their picks, would it would have been awesome. Yeah, we tried that. You <laughs> snored. An asshole did AEW on the chat. We tried that shit. No, you didn't try. You gave up, and you just did it with the two of you, and no one cared. <laughs> we, we invited both of you. Angry with that mustache. I don't want to piss Chris off. He's got his old time Western mustache. He's gonna kill we us. Did it on a Saturday afternoon. Chris, put your six-shooter away, Chris. 
No, 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 you have it wrong. We were ready to do the podcast, and Strim said, fuck it, you, you two aren't on it. No, no, we texted you, hey, we're, we're ready to do this. Oh, I'm not available, I'm not no, available. That, that's and false. Then and then you jumped on the chat. We tried and tried and tried. Oh, Strem said, there's too much of an echo, it's just going to be me and Chris, you guys can join the chat if you want. That's what happens. Right. Don't rewrite history. That's so, what being a minority partner is all about. Yeah. Well, you know, let bygones be bygones. It really was a bandwidth issue with the uh, my computing power. So oh, anyway, bad show. You're right. <laughs> let bygones be bygones. Oh my god. Well, what we're gonna do? We're gonna figure out the elite eight, and the four of us are gonna vote on the matchups and come up with the champion. That's the goal. Yep. Unless you don't want to. <laughs> you don't have to. Well, Strem's going to run the numbers, figure out the Elite Eight, and that, and we're going to have the discussion over the Elite Eight. Yes. That's Easy peasy. That, to me, sounds good. All right. All right. So, now that we've got that out of the way, um, Sunday's Money in the Bank. If you forgot or you don't watch the USA Network or Fox, like the guy in my upper right-hand corner in the orange hat. Um, <laughs> so it's it's a card that, if the shows were live, would be really good. And I, and I have openly admitted, as time has gone on, I've gotten more and more tired of the not-full arena crowds. It's getting harder and harder. Um. For WWE, yes. For AEW, they almost make me forget that it's it's an empty arena. They've right. been last they've done a great job with last it. Last night was absolutely incredible. Last night was really good. There's been there's been times both shows have been hard to watch without the crowd. I agree with that. Like Matt Hardy's debut was very awkward without a crowd. One yeah. thing that NXT did last night, John NXT's a show on Wednesday nights on the USA Network. Um, I never heard of it. I know you've never heard of it. Some what are you of the best about, Chris? In the world. Chris, I tell you every week, I delete it from my DVR. I go, right. how can I? I have to know what it is to record it. I just don't record random things. I like Anyhow. that fucking hat, damn it. I like that hat. Anyhow, they, um, they <laughs> got. The game we did the other night. They've got curtains down, black curtains blocking off the seats. So it doesn't. You don't see a bunch of empty seats, which is something we talked about. You know, week one. If you're not going to have anybody there, why are there chairs? Oh, it's like the so, oh, it's like it's like the Redskins. Like when they uh, they block off ninety percent of their stadium because no one wants to see the worst fucking football team. I'm of all sorry, time. the what? Are you talking about the NFL Washington D.C. football team? It's actually called the Washington Elizabeth Warrens. So, no. so you know what their fa- you know what their chant is, uh, Chris? Uh, when the players take the field, they go, "Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you?" <laughs> I, I like that one. I yes, like that one. That WWE just didn't realize they had to. All these, all they simply had to do was get rid of the awkward silence. AEW yeah, yeah. constantly kept talking. Pete, Pete Strem's a part of the show. We can't just get rid of him. You had you had wrestlers in the crowd screaming and yelling. They've been doing this. I think except for one show, for some reason they didn't do it one show, yeah. but they went back to it, and they did the best job they could have compared to the other company. The other company 
I switch over to the channel and I fall asleep instantly. I'm not trying to be mean to the video. I'm serious. There you're trying to be mean to Chris. <laughs> but here's the thing. You have a network with all this amazing programming. If WWE was smart, all they had to do was pause live programming during this whole time for the month and just play all the awesome documentaries they have. I bet you they would have gotten better ratings if they did that for the whole month. Uh, I would agree with that. I kind of like the approach that they were doing at the beginning where there's a little bit of in-studio stuff, but they showed the Royal Rumble. They, you know, I agree with you. Uh, a Stone Cold podcast, whatever. Yeah. Three, three hours of it is too much. Oh, too much. goodness. Do, do what Heenan and Gorilla used to do. do that, redo that show with two people that you have now. Yeah. Bring Jesse Ventura back and have him... And freaking yeah. somebody else who do something think, like a like a highlight show. I think That's the desk cool. at Tuesday Night Titans was six feet apart. It yeah. had to be. Or else Gorilla would have reached over and just beat the crap out of Bobby. Yeah. Yep, I would agree with that. I mean, they have a, they have a studio. They own a studio. Like, why didn't... I don't understand. Like, they, they just studio. couldn't do that? Oh, well, they're using the studio this weekend. That's, well, <laughs> I'm excited. I'm looking forward to the money in the bank for that... I, see, I give them credit. They've come up with a different idea. Now, they didn't do everything wrong. The Boneyard match was genius at WrestleMania. That was awesome. And a lot of people, even though they hated the Wyatt match, I thought that was better than the Boneyard match. I love the Wyatt match. I think that was the best thing they did. You know, I, I, constantly, say, I constantly say I can't stand John Cena from bell to bell. Him willing to, to, to steal a Raven term... Him willing to sh you know show his ass and look completely foolish is why he's a star. Yep. Like there, there's the guys that will show their ass. Vince pissed his pants on TV, you know, yeah. with, with yeah. the with the cap gun, the Bang 316. And I mean, Vince is an outlier because he's the boss. But like guys that are willing to show their ass. Triple H got covered in pig shit one time. That match isn't making my list, but. Like, and he's a star. The guys that don't want to get embarrassed and refuse to look silly ever generally are not going to be stars. Am I boring you, John? <laughs> um, I agree. Everything you said. Like, and Vince, I think, even said recently, like, they're going to be doing more cinematic type matches, but they got to be careful not to overkill it either because that's going to get a little fast if they do too many of them. American yeah. movies. Why did you drink blurry? Oh, there it is. We're yeah. Movies. Now, <laughs> we're, so we're in the business that, of making movies. We're in the business of making that, movies. The two Money in the Bank matches are happening concurrently, and they're going to start in the lobby of Titan Tower, and they're going to work their way up to the roof where there's a ring and a and the briefcases hanging above. I love I, that they're at the same time. I guarantee someone falls off that roof. No, no if you if you look yep. at the setup, how much you want to make a bet? Someone's falling off that roof Sunday night. <laughs> I'll bet you ten thousand dollars. No, I'll bet like. you twenty thousand dollars. This someone's falling off that roof. Soft so, see, Justin, what you're not thinking of is they can do camera tricks now. It's not. It's not going to be. You know, there's no one there to see it, so they can well, yeah. edit in some guy falling off a, off a roof and. It's camera or parlor tricks, as Bray Wyatt once called them. Yeah. Um, Enough of your parlor tricks. <laughs> The fact that both matches are happening at the same time, I think, is a good thing, too, because it's such a, yeah, you know, it's not a traditional ladder match. You know, the, the smoke and mirrors, if you do it once, 
you can't do it again on the same night, you know, with tricks yeah. and all that shit and elevators. But I don't want the big to be split up into two nights. I don't know. It's just too big for one night, guys. <laughs> There's only six matches, and two of them happen at the same time. Well, just do the women's on like SmackDown. Who, who cares? Honestly. <laughs> well, then they'll get it's a, it's a women's revolution, John. So now yeah. you can't do that. No, no, that, no, no. That's the main event every other pay per view now. Once the revolution peaks, you hit de evolution. Oh, peak. I you agree. Like, like America so, in the 1860s. Once so, Ronda Rousey oh. takes your championship and buries everyone, then you start hitting downhill. And once you. So, I have a prediction for how the men's match is going to end. I'm sure you do. That's what that's, you make movies about. That's, that's my job. Mysterio is going to be at the top with his hands on the briefcase in AJ Styles, the only. We lost you there for a second. What? what happened? We lost you. I think you muted yourself. Did Trembly mute you? Did you mute him? Trembly? Oh my God. What a Son of a bitch. Unmute what? yourself, Chris. So. Oh. I can't. I'll leave. Hold on, Chris. Hold on to your thought. Let's see that T-shirt you're wearing. I want to see this T-shirt you're wearing, Trembly. Oh, it's a uh, Chris Jericho, Le Champion. Oh, it's very nice, actually. Yeah, Pete, I paid the extra three bucks for the nice soft T-shirt. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, well, yeah. All right, Chris, go ahead. AJ Styles and Rey Mysterio. So Mysterio's going to have his hands on the briefcase, about to win money in the bank, and either AJ or Corbin, the, don't you do it, the only <laughs> heels in the match are going to run up and pull his mask off, and yeah. he'll end up losing the match because he's more concerned covering his stupid face than winning. But haven't we seen him unmasked already? Like, what's what's so great yeah. about that? Not in WWE. So they've they yeah, actually gone to the no, they, they've gone to the well. They've gone to the well a couple of times. He was doing a six one nine. Jericho pulled off his mask. He covered up and got pinned. It's when yes. Jericho won his ninth IC title, which is a record that still stands to this day. So he he's never had his face fully exposed on WWE TV. Well, I agree with you about AJ Styles winning. I mean, he's he's got to be the top guy. Ooh, I like the hair, Justin Strand. Very nice. Oh, Thank my you. God. Darren Brown. Uh... <laughs> you like it? Yeah, I do like it. Looks good. I think it looks good long, too. But... Yeah. You, oh, look very, you. Uh, you look very Tom Hanks in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> One million. <laughs> oh god! I knew someone would go that route. AJ AJ's gonna win it, right? I mean, he's he's hot right now after the WrestleMania match. The few yeah, I, I, I mean, not that he needed the Undertaker to you know make him, but he's a made man. I right. mean, even losing against Taker, that was mm. that was the match, you know. So right, right. Yeah. Although I have to say, um, I. I think I broke from the majority on this. I really loved the Cena Wyatt match at WrestleMania. I yes. thought it was more like a uh, vignette wrestling related thing. I thought that the Taker and AJ match was more like a a bad movie. I guess. Is I, how I put it. No, I, I can't I, believe I, when you said you couldn't hear me. Actually, I said that I thought the Wyatt Cena thing was better than the Boneyard match. Yeah, I agree. 
I just can't believe they used uh, they, they beat uh, Gallows and Anderson uh -oh. into unemployment in the Boneyard match. <laughs> well, they died. <laughs> they, they died. <laughs> they died. Yeah. I, I do think though when AJ came back Dead. on Monday, uh, they should have had him covered in dirt and like just show up. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time to go without a shower, my brother. Well, he's finally dug himself out. It took a while. It's a lot of dirt on him. He went right to the performance center. <laughs> he's so mad. Yeah. Now, who? I think uh, Lacey's going to win the women's money in the bank. That would be amazing. Mm. Can't believe it. Maybe I she'll redo. Up for it. Maybe she'll redo Strem's. Uh... Uh, a cameo after that, maybe talk uh, talk less about her. Wanted to, you know, get on top of him and stuff like that. <laughs> Justin, I think you're very sexy. I'd like to show you a couple things about being a marine, if you know what I Justin, mean. Justin, I've changed my mind now that I have the money in the bank. I want to stay with my husband that I've been with since I was 15. Of course, he was, <laughs> of course, he was 40. Yeah. <laughs> she is a marine. Show some respect. Yeah. <laughs> Is Trumpy yeah. frozen on anybody else's screen or just mine? Just yours. No. He just moves in slow motion. <laughs> Good. Wow. I, I can't like see him. He's stuck yeah, for some I, I like Lacey to win that match, too. Um, I hope it's not Shayna Baszler. No. I hope it is. Oh, God. Oh. She has a match against Becky that night, doesn't she? No. Once again, Becky's not wrestling. Oh, so but weren't they teasing a rematch? They were, but I think Becky was like, go in money in the bank first, and then you can, you know. Shayna Baszler should be should have been one of those people that I'm sorry to say, like, she should have been let go. Wow, so, you think that that low of her, huh? She has no charisma. She's boring. So, yeah. The problem is when when they see like the slightest shred of promise in somebody in in either the women's division or the tag division, they get shot to the moon too soon. They need to they need to take their lumps. You know, they can't just be like right. They can't just dominate the whole elimination chamber match or be right in the title scene. But they do this all the time because uh, there's no patience anymore. No, they, they, they rush things way too much, and that they do that with the guys, too. Yeah. The true. other problem is if you're legitimate, Vince, ah, she was an right. MMA fighter. Shoot her to the moon. Right. You know? the, I think one, that's right. the one person they've done right by has been Brock Lesnar. Consistent mm -hmm. mm -hmm. booking. They've made him look like a monster. Even when he's been defeated, he's still relevant. But it's also because he's, his, his appearances are few and far between. And I think that should speak volumes for their regular talent. Give your talent yeah. time off. Have them come back fresh. Give other people time off when they come back. That way you can, you can have some feuds that can develop story and you're not rushing to put... 18 million people on one show yeah. and cram all this content in. I don't know. I yeah, less is, less is more. I would agree with that. Back in 97, you know, you had your your main five guys, all their storylines intertwined for a year. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And it gave you so many types of matches. Why? I, mean, I just don't understand. Like, they did it right for so long. Why can't they do it right now? I just yeah. Yeah, too many, too many appointments, too many shows, too many uh, pay-per-views. It's funny. There's more wrestling than ever in our lifetime, but the ratings are lower than ever too. So it's right. quite interesting. Yeah. It's one. I mean, it's also one of those. There's too much everything out there. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Think about. And again, that I mean, that's that's a poor man's excuse, but you know, everyone's got that problem. Look at 1990. We're talking 97, 98. And I'm not going to say there was way less channels. There wasn't Netflix. There wasn't Hulu. There wasn't Amazon Prime. There wasn't DVR. If you right. weren't going to be able you to, to watch, watch live. Yeah, you had to go to your another room in your house, put a tape in, and tape Nitro. Yeah. So you could watch that on Tuesday. You know, it's- That's why I never really watched Nitro. I always flipped back and forth during commercials, but I was a WWE guy all the time. Yeah, yeah. Good man. Nitro had Nitro started at eight and went till ten, and Raw went from no eight to no. Nitro started at seven. No, Nitro went eight to eleven, and Raw went nine to eleven. Yes, that's right. So you could watch that first hour. Was it was two shows in the same night? Yeah, for the Raw, the the edgier Raw's War on the ten to eleven hour. It was always really cool. Yeah, nine eleven happens. Yeah. That's not a yeah. joke. That's that's yeah, why you're talking war. Yeah, that makes sense. It's like Karrion Cross last night making his big debut. He had to change his name, obviously. Steve Hayes, very good wrestler. He came up with that name change. If you don't know, his his name previously was Killer Cross, and they were like, "Yeah, we're not going to have a guy on our TV named Killer after we had a guy on our TV that, you know, was a killer." So, but he came up with a new name on his own. Was it so heavy or something? (laughs) Carry on. K-A-R-I-O-N. Nice joke, Chip. More like carrying pizzas, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Home run, Chipper. (laughs) Fuck yeah. I've been listening to so much old O&A with Patrice. Me too. I I do that if I'm driving to work. I'll put on a, a YouTube clip of them just shooting the shit with Patrice. Great. Listening to them just tear Twister apart, it's so much fun. Oh, him and him talking about face off to them is like the best clip. The face waterfall. <laughs> All right, so let's get to the lists. It's a triple top five. So let's start with the top five one timers. So gimmick match that only happened once. Uh, yes. Let's yes. start. Uh, let's start with Strum. This was this was part oh, of your right. idea. All right, my number five one-time gimmick match is from WrestleMania Seven. It is the blindfold match between Jake the Snake Roberts and Rick the Model Martel. And as far as matches go, obviously it's not a five-star match, but it was very unique in that Jake would just point around the ring and the crowd would uh, get super loud when he was pointing at Rick Martel. And basically, this was one long uh, thing until he hit the DDT on Martel, uh, while they just while they both kind of walked around the ring. Uh, it was fun. It was the crowd was crazy into it, so um, that's why I made my list. Maybe I'm misunderstanding the topic, but 
I think there's been a few blindfold matches. Um, yeah, I've seen definitely more than one blind man match. Blindfold. Okay. I mean, I mean, I mean, am I there's wrong? Been, there's, no, there, there's been a couple. I wasn't going to say anything. There's been a couple. Sure, it's from the fucking idiot. <laughs> I will say, All however... Right. The great thing about that blindfold match is not only the fact that that gimmick, that storyline went on for what seemed like eight or nine months. Mm-hmm. Um, every year around WrestleMania season, I go back and I watch like the first 10. You know, just had that old school nostalgia, watch one a day, you know, plenty of free time right now. So watching them. And there's a moment right before the match starts, Jake puts on his blindfold and you can act, he puts his hand up like to adjust it. But he's such a dumbass, and the hard camera was right on him. You could see his fingers poking out of the eye holes that were, like, on with black mesh. Right. But the camera just <laughs> happened to catch it. His hand was up in the blindfold hood, and you could see his fingers poking out of the, the mesh <laughs> eye holes. So, nice little blooper if you go yeah. back and look at that again. All right. Well, if you can name another famous blindfold match, too, then uh, I stand corrected, but... Um... I'm and talking Hitler versus Hitler. So <laughs> that's the only famous blindfold match. I do remember one on SmackDown when Jamie Noble and Nidia were paired together as like um, white trash rednecks that won the lottery. And Jamie Nidia was blind. And so she had a blindfold match with Jamie Noble and he kept taking off his hood and putting yes. it back on. I remember gotcha. that one. But yeah. See, my point stands. <laughs> You're an idiot. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, John. John, you're number five. One off. Number five, uh, because based on my criteria, not Strem's, um, even though he's you know a, a host and a, and a, a topic center for the show, um, I understood this to be a one-time, unique kind of match. Um, my number five was the, and I felt like it was slim pickings because I really look for matches that literally happened fucking once. Um, so uh, the Ambrose Asylum match with Jericho yeah. versus Ambrose. Jericho, Jericho seems to wind up in the, a lot of these matches, which is probably because he's very creative. After all, he did invent, you know, the event that's happening Sunday, basically. Um, but basically, it was Jericho versus Ambrose. Uh, it was, I think it was right after the shield broke up, maybe a year. Um, and they're, they're trying to push yeah. Ambrose is kind of like this hardcore, you know, this guy who can it just takes it to the limit. The, the, the he's a lunatic. He's he, you got to put him in the asylum. So the asylum had uh, like a mop, a bucket. What was the name of the plant? Is it, it was a Walter? Mitch. It was, uh, uh, Mitch. Mitch the plant. Mitch the house plant. Yeah. Um, so basically. Basically, it's the Jericho putting everyone over tour. So, I mean, Ambrose wins in the end. But, you know, they had all the all the classics, the tax, everything. Uh, it was Extreme Rules 2016. Um, and, and now Dean Ambrose is John Moxley, and he's the champion of the world. Well, Trembley, you're wrong. Because in Poughkeepsie, <laughs> Poughkeepsie, New York, they did a house show with an Ambrose Asylum match. And he took on Alberto Del Rio. And that was in 2012. So, fuck you. <laughs> Strand, you ignorant slut. <laughs> no, that's a, that was a, that's a good one. It wasn't Poughkeepsie, you moron. It was Biloxi. <laughs> Pete, you're number five. Uh, well, 
See, the one-time match list was tough for me because there weren't a lot of good ones, which is probably why they only happened once. Yeah, so Pete so picked, it kind of meshes so in Pete with just my picked a match. <laughs> what? What? Pete picked his top five yeah, favorite matches. Yeah, I just picked matches. a match that happened once. I did. Um, I picked the House of Horrors match between Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. Oh, yes. I mean, it, it happened once. There were worms on a ring. That um, <laughs> happened. You know, you don't. Here's the thing, though. The build-up to this match was actually very good because if you don't, if you don't recall, Randy Orton had joined forces with the Wyatt family, and yeah. he became like this, like really like dark, like brooding character, like almost like he was brainwashed. And then they won the tag titles, and then him and Luke Harper were starting to have kind of like a jealousy thing going because he was like Bray Wyatt's new favorite toy. Mm-hmm. And then here's where things kind of went wrong. They they had Orton win the Rumble. Yeah. You think, okay, he's going to freaking, you know, face over the champions. But then he surrenders his his spot to Bray, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like, he almost gives it up. Like, he bows to him. Yeah. Cool. It's like, oh, he's really got him under his freaking wing. But then, like, one episode later, he burns down Bray Wyatt's house. And Sister Abigail. So it's like, well, why did you even bother telling him you weren't going to fight him at WrestleMania if you're just yeah. going to go? It's not like there was no lead up to why he changed his mind, which was odd. Yeah. But, so, I mean, it was a cool story, but then, like, you go to the match and it was just really. It's almost like Bray. That was the first time they gave Bray, like, full reign of what to do creatively. And I think he shit the bed or it just didn't work the way he wanted it to. And they lost some faith in him, but. Now with the Fiend and the Cena thing, it seems like they've gained some trust again. But I guess if, what I'm trying to say is without this match, we would have never gotten the the Funhouse. That's a great point. Yeah, true. Yep. All right. My number five is the Good Housekeeping match from No Mercy, October 1999. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett versus China. Um... Man, she beat the shit out of Jarrett in this match. It was great. Pots and pans and house plants again and vacuums and dust mops and all sorts of Salami and eggs. It was wild. Um, This is the match where uh, Jeff Jarrett is famously for 20 years been accused of holding Vince up for money um, because he was leaving. This was his last night with the company. And the great Bruce Pritchard has said over and over and Meltzer won't listen to him. Jarrett just said, I want to pay I want to be paid what's owed to me before I leave. You know, because back in those days the pay-per-view payouts wouldn't come until months later. It's like Vince, this is my last show. I just want to get my money for tonight's show before I go out that before I leave the building tonight. Because I'll be in WCW. Who's to say you'll even pay me three months from now? Um, but it was a great match. Jarrett did the honors, put China over. And then uh, we were subjected to her winning the Intercontinental title months later and almost killing the territory forever. <laughs> so that was my number four. Didn't, didn't she win the Intercontinental title that night? She might have. She did. Trembley did his research today. Um, oh, I'm impressed. So uh, I just like it. It was you know, household items. And what did she use to hit? Uh, what is uh, Jarrett used to hit her was the Intercontinental title belt. Which, unless your name is, uh, uh, is Chris Parcella, is not a household item. So, you got disqualified, started mad. 
And kind of one. Yep, there we go. That's a household. Yeah, item. Great. <laughs> Very nice. Look at that. Beautiful. Oh, the list. Yep. All right. Sure, you're number four. My number four definitely only happened once. I can guarantee you that. This is the Judy Bagwell on a forklift match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Poor Judy. She's on a forklift, right? Yeah, she was on a forklift because she couldn't. She's too big for a pole. Most of, the, most of these inanimate objects like Judy Bagwell go on a pole. Uh, this was in the middle of a feud between, obviously, Buff Bagwell and... Uh, the positively Canyon version of Canyon. Uh, Canyon. Right. So, uh, you know, to add to the feud, Canyon was stalking Buff Bagwell's mother, and then he kidnapped her. And then the beginning of the match was <laughs> Canyon driving Judy Bagwell out on a forklift to the ring. Which, I mean, honestly, I don't care how bad the match was after that. That is fucking hilarious. And uh, it, it's actually uh, universally panned as a terrible match and a stupid gimmick, but I think it's hilarious. Uh, and I'll just read you one thing. <laughs> Everybody knows this match is supposed to be Judy Bagwell on a pole match, but I searched the entire second-rate country of Canada, but after searching this entire godforsaken country, I couldn't find a pole that would hold this big oh, fat oh, battle axe. Oh, 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 <laughs> battle axe. <laughs> Oh, you know. Um, and Canyon ends up uh, hitting his head on an exposed turnbuckle, and Buff gets the win, and, uh, you know, Buff and Mother Bagwell are reunited. So Former WCW Tag Team Champion Judith Bagwell. Yes, I'm sorry. Let us not forget. My apologies to the old battle axe. <laughs> hey, John, you said you're number four already. Pete, number My four. Number four. Um, was I, I actually have never seen this match, but I'm going to watch this after we do this because it sounds oh, hilarious, but I read a little up on it. Backlash 2001. Oh, Chris Jericho. Oh, okay. That's your top two, three or whatever. Yeah, top two. Okay. Top two. All right. So yeah, we'll, because we're doing five, 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 we'll save top two. All right. Uh, have you seen the match, Strem? I watched it today. It's, it is everything you can imagine. Yeah. It sounds good. I got to watch it. What, you now, what, what event was it from? Backlash one. Okay, we're good. that's why I didn't put it up higher because I'd never seen it. So I figured, all I so, can't put it up at number one or two because I've never seen the thing. So what I what I would say, Pete, when you go to watch it, and for those listeners that are going to go watch it, and you go to the network, it'll take you to different segments. And there's a yeah. couple segments before the match when the Duchess arrives. And uh, there's an interview with the Duchess. Make sure you watch those before okay. you go to the next show. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm going to watch I'll speak it. at length about this later. All right. I'm looking forward to it. My number four is from WrestleMania 14. It is the tag team dumpster match. Ah, great one. New Age Outlaws versus Chainsaw Charlie and Cactus Jack. Um... Great match on television. If you were in the arena that night for the worst WrestleMania main event of all time, um, just kidding, but <laughs> come on. Um, Cross-eyed wrestlers for life. Um, the dumpster match was, it was so bad. 
in the arena. Um, mm-hmm. We got, I forget, did you guys go to 14 in no. the garden? No, I never went. All right, so, um, you know, they it's basically a casket. For those who don't know, a tag team dumpster match is basically a casket match, but with a, like, an industrial dumpster instead. You got to throw both your opponents in the dumpster and then close the lid. They had one by the by the ringside area, but Billy Gunn got thrown off the top rope through the plastic doors of the dumpster and it broke. So they went backstage, and that's when the crowd gets screwed because it takes a few minutes for them to get the feet up on the Titantron. Um, it ended with Chainsaw Charlie and Cactus Jack putting the Outlaws in a dumpster backstage and closing the lid the next night the belts were held up because it was an illegal dumpster and the outlaws retained and then joined bs <laughs> they, they beat i mean they beat the shit out of each other in this match you you want to see like the the big bang of cte watch mm-hmm. watch when billy gunn does a reverse russian leg sweep on chainsaw charlie into the stairs and you just hear his head thud yeah. off those somewhat some type of metal stairs. Match is ridiculous. They beat the hell out of each other. It's a good one. I remember it. <clears throat> remember it well. Three. Number three for me. Uh, it hasn't happened otherwise, as far as I know. But who knows? I haven't seen every uh, ladder match. <laughs> <episode>. <laughs> From SummerSlam 1992, the no strike. Oh, I'll stop. Oh, that, that's – sorry, I was late. That's one of my top two as well. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. wow. Right. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even was... think of it. I was like, oh, shit. That one's delightful. I'm glad you raised your hand, Chris. John, you're number three. My number three is uh, the Backlash Show 1, so. Great. So we'll get to that. Yep. Hey. My number three was the Asylum match, which John already covered. My number three is from Fully Loaded, 1998. It was the dungeon match, actually filmed in Stu Hart's dungeon. Owen Hart versus Steve Blackman with Dan Severin as the guest referee. Um, oh my god, it was great. They were both. They were both. They were wearing shorts and they weren't in their gimmick gear. So, like, it just had an extra sense of realism to it. And there's, like, a low-hanging pipe because it's a basement. And Owen jumped up and grabbed it to do a Hurricane Rana. It was ridiculous. That's great. Severin got, Severin got knocked out somehow. I don't exactly remember how. But Owen used something from the dungeon, like a dumbbell, to hit Blackman and beat him. It was wow. great. That's awesome. I remember that vaguely now that you mention it. Um, good stuff. All right, we're into number two. Number two. Um, I mean, I think this technically counts because it was the only halftime heat, as far as I know. The Mick Foley versus The Rock during the middle of the Super Bowl when they fought in an empty arena. And I just loved it because wrestling was pretty mainstream at the time. They did pull a decent rating for... uh, for the middle of the Super Bowl against the Super Bowl halftime show. Um, and it just was absurd, right? It was sort of like the, the first empty arena match that uh, has sort of set the stage for a lot of this stuff. And then um, the Rock pinned Mick Foley with a forklift. 
That's about it. <laughs> I, you know what? I wish I remembered that one. I love that one because that's that was during the Super Bowl, right? Yep. yep. And I just remember Mick Foley's face when the uh, the forklifts lowering and they get the um, uh, the pallet on top, and he goes, "No, no, yeah. no." <laughs> yeah. It was so, like, obviously, pre-taped. and it was right. It was timed out right when the Super Bowl was going to pick back up. Yep. Unbelievable how they figure that stuff out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's my number two. John Tremblay. My number two is a custody match. <laughs> oh, damn it. That's yes. mine too. Summers. Oh, number two? Yeah. All right. Go for it. That's the outside trick that. Yeah. Uh, my notes here are uh, what a dud of a kid. Uh, Dominic, <laughs> Dominic couldn't. You realize the gravity of this, Dominic. Um, they, I like how they kept pushing that Eddie was his biological father while Ray was his adoptive father. What kind of fucked up friendship circle is this with Ray and Eddie? Um, and Ange. I like how they kept talking about Ange, uh, Ray's <laughs> wife. Oh, they raised him as their own, Ange and, Ange and Ray. Um, but it was, um, you know, it's almost in 2005, ladder match. They had the custody papers. Uh, on a pole, uh, not on, on, on uh, hanging from the rafters, and uh, it was actually the, the the prelude to the Money in the Bank match. Only the Money in the Bank was a child that no one wanted. Um, <laughs> in the end, Dominic tried to screw Poppy. He succeeded, and the Basiro family moved on. Um, the best line is when Dominic is trying to push Eddie off the uh, the ladder. Eddie comes down. He goes. He goes. Do you know I could have fallen? You know I could have fallen. Give me a hug. Give me a hug, Dominic. (laughs) It was just the worst thing. The the fans were into it too. Uh, uh, I mean, because that's something those hicks fucking deal with every day. Yeah, where was where where does 2005 take place? I guarantee you, it's probably somewhere where they're like, oh. You guys ready? You guys ready for the fun part on that match? The reason they did that is when Eddie was fired from WWE for the first time for doing too many pills, and he and Vicky split up, he got someone pregnant. Oh, my God. No Did way. he really? That, that's on something I. That's on something to wrestle with. I forget which episode. It might have been the Eddie episode. Bruce talks about it. I don't remember all the details, mm-hmm. but he basically, I, I believe the way it went was he actually had a kid out of wedlock with, with somebody other than Vicky. And he was like, Vince, why don't we do this as a story, man? And I have a feeling Eddie probably wasn't so faithful to poor Vicky quite a bit. Yeah, Vicky I seems mean, like yeah. a stand-up, I said stand-up dude, stand-up she lady. Would say like, she would say like he's, he was very difficult to deal with at times, but she'll never say a bad, bad word about him. No. And when the, cash, when the checks get cashed, you keep your mouth. Well, yeah, and I would say, you know, not to editorialize, but marriage means different things to different people. When, and to her, it was a, when you get married, that's it type thing. And, uh, you know, till death do us part type thing. And a lot of yeah. people would just walk away because that's sort of the society we we have now. And she stayed. I mean, I, I when you watch the documentary, it's a miracle that she stayed with him. But she's faithful uh, to her man and to her Lord. So God she bless you. She was a good woman. She was a great woman. She is a great woman. She is. She's not a dead one. <laughs> she is. She is a great medical coder, or whatever she ended up becoming. Yeah. So was that your number two as well? Yes. All right. My number two is a match I don't think any of the three of you have ever heard of. 
And I remember it vividly. Monday Night Raw, September 13th, 1993. I had to look up the date. (laughs) It was the Quebec Province Rules Match. Oh, yes. The Steiner Brothers versus the Quebecers with Johnny (laughs) Polo in their corner. Here were the rules. Because I I remembered them vaguely when I was a kid, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. The The tag titles could change hands. The Steiners were the champs at the time. On disqualifications and countouts. Pile drivers, which the Steiners did a lot. Jumping off the top rope, which the Steiners, that was their finish. And throwing an opponent over the top rope are all considered ground for disqualification. And would, would in turn give the titles to the Quebecers. Midway through the match, um, Johnny Polo, a.k.a. Raven, threw Pierre a hockey stick. And he went to hit uh, Rick Steiner with it. Scott grabbed it and broke it over Pierre's back. Tim White turned around, disqualified the Steiners, and without pinning or making the Steiners submit, the Quebecers won the tag titles. <laughs> awesome. Fantastic. That is great. Uh, and a good pull. God bless the Quebecers. So it's time to talk about my number one, which Pete mentioned, well, he started to mention earlier, from the 2001 Backlash. This is a match between Chris Jericho and William Regal. It is the Duchess of Queensbury match. And if you have, oh my goodness, if you have 15 minutes, just do yourself the favor. (laughs) So the storyline was um, that Regal was the GM of, of Raw. And this is back when, you know, Jericho pissed in his tea and all that stuff, and they were feuding. And then uh, the Duchess of Queensberry, who so the, one of the reasons I love this is because the whole take the whole pissing on royalty. <laughs> it's just basically making fun of royalty yes. the whole time and how arbitrary it is, and they keep saying how beautiful the Duchess of Queensberry is, and she's like this sixty-year-old like average-looking woman, and possibly and, a man. Uh, yeah, possibly you don't know. Um, and then, you know, much like the rules of today, uh, nobody knows the rules yeah. when she goes out and she sits in this giant chair next to the ringside. <laughs> and uh, Paul Heyman is the heel commentator for this, by the way. And it's him and JR. And, and Heyman talking about how beautiful she is and all this stuff. And uh, so Jericho comes out. They don't know the rules. And so they, you know, they're having a good match because it's Jericho and Regal, obviously. And then Jericho hits a lion salt, and he goes for the cover, and the bell rings. And the Duchess declares that round one has been finished. So the time limit on round one is done. Then, uh, you know, so they keep wrestling. Uh, He gets Regal in the walls of Jericho. uh, Regal taps out. And then, of course, the Duchess says – she's talking to the Fink, by the way, and the Fink announces that there is no submissions – in the Duchess of uh, Queensbury match. Um, so Jericho gets pissed. He goes to have a word with the Duchess and Regal nails him with the giant scepter the Duchess has because the Duchess of Queensbury match is no disqualification. So for those of you counting, there's random time limits. There is no disqualification, but there's also no submissions. Um, so if, <laughs> if he ends up Jericho ends up taking the Duchess. Now, this woman is at least 50 years old, 
You can tell. And he throws her into the ring and he puts the Duchess in the walls of Jericho. <laughs> yes. And then uh, then he takes a few chair shots from Regal and then Regal gets the win to continue the feud, which was brilliant story, li- story uh, line writing. And I don't know. To me, every time you make fun of the the arbitrariness of uh, the royal family and then all these random rules being added and, you know, especially right now, here we are in the first week of May 2020. It just hit home for me. Jericho and Regal are all-time greats. So that is why it went way up my list. I had never even heard of it until I started researching this podcast, and then it went up to number one for me. Beautiful. Bravo. I love it. John? My number one is the easiest number one of all time. It's the Firefly Funhouse from WrestleMania 36. There you go. Um, which we we talked about with the different, uh, with Cena doing the job uh, mm-hmm. in the most creative way. <laughs> I don't. I think he took like one bump in that match. <laughs> well, <laughs> Pretty much. In that, in that experience. Um, just the various, I mean... Uh, Definitely a must-see. Go to the network, watch it if you you know if you want to buy the network and give Communist China money. But um, no, it's uh, I mean just the various stages of Cena, and you know why it just it was almost like an ode to Cena's career. Almost it's it can almost be called the John Cena Firefly Funhouse. They even made a Nikki Bella reference for crying out loud. Um, but I mean obviously I, I don't know why anyone else wouldn't have that on on their list. Um, so fresh, it's, you know. I need some perspective and time before There's I. There's only add. so many fucking one-off matches. You're picking blindfolded people. You can't even add the Firefly Funhouse to the list. You just said you loved it. I, See, I, I feel did. Like, I, I feel did. like there's chances Were we'll you see not another one. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we'll see another one. That's the only reason it didn't make my list. Well, there hasn't been There's only been one, unless there was one in Biloxi, uh well, they... back in. Uh, Back in 1932, that's someone wants to Ch- bring up. Oh. Tramley, I get, I get bad news. They're going to extend. Actually, Charlie Baker just extended the lockdown until next September of 2021. <laughs> so they're going to have to have another, you know, oh. pre-tape WrestleMania. I, well, they just opened up golf, so I mean, people are, uh, people are all excited about that. The world needs ditch diggers too, you know. <laughs> I like it. Pick it up. Well, my number one, I think, shares Chris's number one, which yep. is the uh, SummerSlam 92 epic match between Rick the Marl Martel and Shawn Michaels, where they neither of them can strike each other in the face. <laughs> Great, greatest greatest one-off ever. Yes. I, I mean, and, and the, here's the thing. SummerSlam 92 is the best SummerSlam ever. And the fans, I'm telling you, it's the best one. Christmas mm-hmm. series, but I think it is. I gotta think on that. I'm not disagreeing. I just it's gotta think on it. Full show. And think about it. If you, I mean, these guys—they got a good like probably eight minutes without like actually touching each other on the face. But then they all they will start trying to cheat as the match progresses. And you know, ultimately, Michaels is the one that ends slapping Martel in the face first. <laughs> just like you know, you got two cocky heels that are all about their looks. Be more different as far as characters go, but also couldn't be more of the same. Like it was just brilliant. Martel such a good worker. You never hear people talk about Rick Martel, but he's so underrated. I th- I love every match I've seen of his. 
He's so mm-hmm. we, we haven't talked about him a lot at all. You're absolutely right. I think the last time we talked about him was 46 episodes ago when we did the top 10 guys not yet in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Episode one, we talked about Rick Martel. We haven't yeah. talked about him since, and you're absolutely right. He's such a talent. Just a fun match. I mean, there's really not much else to say. Just a fun match. It's hilarious. Whenever, you know, this just, it builds up. The, the, ten, the tension builds up during the match because, you know, they get really close to hitting each other in the face here and there, and then, you know, they stop just at the last second. The fans go crazy, and they just, it builds until just Michael just goes fucking and slaps him, and then they just. Oh, yeah. You know? It's, so. it's, it's almost like, you know, when you watch, you know, the, the cheesy 80s movies, we're like, are we going to go, bro? But, you know, where are we going to hit each other? The Anchorman. We're like, hey, I got to be on camera tomorrow. Yeah. You know, not, nothing below the, nothing below the, above the chin, you know. Right. We got to do, do the news. It's so ridiculous. It's genius. So, so uh, and what I would add, too, because it was on my list, the star of the match, in my opinion, is actually not one of the participants. It is Sherry Martell. Oh, yeah. Yes. She is phenomenal in this, like, because she was sort of, like, competing for both of their attention. Yep. And then she passes out on the apron, and then but then wakes up to make sure they're both still looking for her and fighting over her. <laughs> <laughs> she and then you, was... you get Michael's picking her up, and you just get a camera full of her ass. Oh, yeah. And then Mar- <laughs> Martel dumps the water on her. Yes. Uh, it's... Oh. All three. All three were just fantastic in this. Absolute classic. I love it. All yeah. right. So, but now it's time for uh, moving on. This this one was actually was the easiest one for me. Top five gimmick matches that just kind of don't work. Um, I'll start just to kind of lay the groundwork on where I was going. My number five is special referee. It just it just never works. Like it's either a celebrity that doesn't know what they're doing or a heel. That's just going to not be fair to the face. Like, it's just always awkward, and it never it never just quite flows the way that you would think it would. Well, I have an example where I disagree, and I think you might, might have forgotten. It's when Brett faced The Undertaker, and Shawn Michaels was the special guest referee. That's right. Yeah, that's... Yeah. And he had to do the opposite of what he and, thought. Yeah, and, and Shawn had to count the three, and, like, that built that whole feud, like... I thought that was brilliant, and that's when they used it right. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I forgot about that one. But okay, so nine Chris, times Chris, out of what's ten. What's going on tonight? You're, you're slipping. You, <laughs> you forget China wins the Intercontinental title. You forget I one. That out. You forget one uh, uh, special referee match. Work. What's going on? I know. Is it trouble so, at home? No, Pete's got a good point. That one worked out really well, but. One time out of a hundred, it worked out the right way. So, Mike Tyson counting? Does he? Does he oh count? yeah, Mike, oh, Mike. No, 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 no. Mike Tyson was a special <laughs> well, he enforcer. Was the he wasn't he was the me. guest referee. Okay. Right. And he fast counted Michael. Go back and watch the tape. Has there been any guest referee? Has there been any guest referee matches in AEW yet? Uh, I bet you they've all worked. Uh, I don't even know if there was one, but I, I guarantee you it worked. I'm sure it did. I'm, I'm sure Nyla, Nyla Rose wrestled Dustin Rhodes or whatever the hell their names are, and Brandy was the ref, and somehow it was the, a five-star classic. <laughs> I'm so, sure. I think... No, you're right, but like, there aren't too many... Like I can't think of any other example besides that match or for it working. I think I think I was more along the lines thinking of like the celebrity guest referee. Okay. Those yeah. 
Those never. It's just weird, and the ref doesn't know how to count, and like it's just yeah. it's always awkward. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like a joke to them. Like they're just there having a good time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. Who wants to go next? Number five. I'll go. Um, no holds barred, and for, uh, this is more of a two match. No holds barred, no DQ. You got to pick a name. It's the same friggin' thing. Yeah. It's like, it, it, it is, I don't know if it's something politically correct or what, but uh, I just yeah. think that, you know, if you're going to say no holds barred, then I'm going to hit you with a chair. That's not really a hold, it's a fucking chair. Right. No um, holds barred it, should have DQs, but yeah. you can choke and you can, you yeah. know. Those disqualifications go out the window. I absolutely agree. Yeah, I mean both hair. Both are essentially a no DQ, and I love when they when people like uh, when refs do like four counts when there's a no DQ. It's like, what are you gonna do? Get fucking? You can't get right. disqualified. <laughs> right. If you notice that on AEW, that dumb ref in the beginning of that street fight was like counting holds on the turnbuckle. Yes. Like, what are you fucking doing? Yeah, yeah. Get out of the way! Like leave. <laughs> I was getting a little frustrated with him. He was giving them their cues, Pete. That's a you, can add, you can add street fight to that. Street fight thought, slash balls count anywhere. I thought about yeah. the fight. I actually like the street fight because it's guys out of gear usually now, and they, they come and they bring it. You know what I mean? I, I kind of like the street fight, though. But street fight versus balls count anywhere. Like, but No, no, because in the street fight, you don't wear your gear. You wear jeans. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, I'll take it. I'll take that. Mentality, yes. I'll take it. All right, uh, Pete, number five. Um, so my number five is actually something that made my list because it was so recent and it was such a snooze fest at WrestleMania is the last man standing match. Mm. Oh, Chris oh, raised his hand. Was that like oh, well. well, we could go into it further later. I mean, okay. I don't know. Like, there really aren't the same matches. Oh, hold on. I just lost you there for a Say that again, Pete. I'm just saying, like, are there really spoilers on this type of list? Like, you know, no, for this one, no, for that, like, it didn't quite work. Let's like, just go through it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the thing that bugs me the most about this type of match is um, the fact that you have to constantly hear the ref. <laughs> My wife's coming up the stairs making fun of me. Um, the ref constantly counting the whole match. And it's just annoying. Like hearing him count for and that edge yeah. versus uh, Randy Orton. She's like, I'm gonna show you on camera. Um, just that match went on way too long, and you just have a ref one, two, three, like every freaking minute. It's so annoying, and I can't stand it. And it's just, yeah, yeah. you know, absolutely. I, I'm right there with you. It was it made my list in my the upper echelon of my list. Um, you know, and it's like just the mentality of, and they finally did it right on the last last man standing, the most recent last man standing. The guys will be in the ring trying to stand up instead of just rolling to the floor where their feet would just, where they'd just be standing up if they just rolled off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and the count's never consistent either. No. Yeah, the speed of it, you know. Like, yeah. guys will be on one knee and be like, oh, he's up. Well, he's not standing. Yeah, I almost feel like they should just have the wrestler prompt the ref more so they can get their stuff in. And, like, if the wrestler doesn't say, hey, count, then he's not going to count. I think the match that the way this serves better as a match is the one they did at WrestleMania 10. They named it something else. 
but it was Macho versus Crush. You that was a pin. terrible match. No, it, it was a terrible match, but it's a better way to do last man standing. Yeah. You got to pin the guy, and if he can't answer the 10 count, like if he's hurt so bad you pin him and he still can't get up, then you, <laughs> if you start string him up. Yeah, or if you string him up on a forklift and lift right. him in the air. <laughs> but, like, but that way you've established that he's down because you pinned him, so now the ref can start counting. Yeah. No? I don't know. Just to me, it's like it's like another match I'm actually going to add later on. But it's just I don't like when you have to constantly hear the ref screaming off the top of his lungs 18 times a match. I just think it's annoying. I'm coming at you with that match in a little bit too. So yeah, so we'll talk about that one. Strem, your number five. Um, my number five is a strap match. Um. And nobody knows how uh, they got the strap or how they got stuck in it, but they uh, have a match. <laughs> <laughs> it just, by its very nature, is limited um, because of, you know, being tied together. Now, you can do some cool stuff with it, you know, over the top rope and you're still holding on to the strap and whatnot. You choke them out, but then after that, like, where are you going to go with it? You can't do really any high flying maneuvers and. Um, you know, it ends up turning into a brawl, which is, I guess, the point of it. But it's uh, it, it's very repetitive, is what I would say. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's all I got on the strap match. Yeah, good. Well, you love it then. It works. <laughs> <laughs> My number four is the Iron Man match. Oh, I could have went either way with okay. this one. Uh, yeah, all right. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. So my problem with the Iron Man match is, with the exception of maybe one time, it's always either 0-0 zero, zero or 2-2. Two two. Like, it, the mentality behind it, like, you pin the guy, he's hurt so bad you pinned him, why don't just you get back on top of him and pin him again? Like, oh, now he can get up the second time all of a sudden? Like, it just, in the logistics of if it were a real fight scope, it just just doesn't work. That's where I, you know, I I come from with that and why I kind of pose this as the ones that don't quite work. If it were real, you pin the guy once and he's hurt enough, he should be hurt enough to get pinned three or four times. Right. You know, and what's it like, they did one that was really bad. Orton was in it. And this is nothing against Orton, but there was like six six disqualifications in it. Like, like he would hit him with the chair, get disqualified, and then pin him. So you, they both get a fall. It's like, well, what the hell's the point? Like, yeah. I, they they never worked for me. The first one was a classic. It went into overtime. It was something we have never seen before. But going back and watching it, as good as those two are, sixty one minutes of those two. Yeah, it's not yeah. great. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's just something that does it, it does it never works the way it should. Right. No, I agree with that. I concur. We lost I, I Strem, think, but I think WrestleMania 12 somehow it worked. But I mean, it did take up a whole hour. It's like, and then you know, in, in classic Justin Strem uh, logic, it probably cost someone a payday. You know, it's funny. I, I actually don't like that match, the Mike Michaels-Brett Iron Man match. I think it's boring. Well, that's I what I was like, just saying. Like, 
I, I didn't say the name of the match out loud, you know, verbalized, oh. but that's what I was talking about. You oh, know, guys, overtime. guys, you misunderstood me. I, I enjoyed the outcome. <laughs> and the entrance was amazing, but you know what match worked for that style match? Was more recently was the Sasha Banks and I believe Bailey Iron Woman match? Was that what it was? Yeah, the 30-minute women's match on um, NXT. NXT, John, is the third brand in WWE. They air their show on Wednesdays. So if you haven't seen that match, I suggest seeing that match. That match was excellent, but it was also was a half hour compared to an hour, which I think helped. And it had some, it had some DQs and some countouts in there. Yeah. Those ones kind of made sense. And you know what? The other one I thought was good, it was Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle on SmackDown. What Right. That match was very good. So I Trim. guess you do have a couple of examples. Yeah. You know. Trim, are you in your bedroom? No. Uh, and that's the recording room. studio. You're in Sid's. We have that same mirror. Oh my God! <laughs> oh my goodness! On that mirror. Can Did you, you get yours at Home Goods too? I called Wayfair. They delivered it straight to my door. Strem, you know Wayfair, the they have everything you need. Strem, you know what the one difference between our mirrors are? What? When I look into mine, I like what I see. <laughs> <laughs> Good wrestling promo. Good wrestling promo. Well, you know. So all I heard when, when Chris said Iron Man match is that he doesn't really even like Shawn Michaels that much. It's, I don't think I said that. <laughs> I don't think I said that even a I, little bit. I know. I'm joking. I actually, I, I agree with you. It's not my favorite. It's either like no falls or like a million falls. Like right. Yeah. That was my, that was my main point. And it's just, um, yeah. and like the one I brought up was Orton got disqualified by hitting the guy with a kendo stick, and then he pinned him. It's like, well, all right, right. so he just swapped falls. Like, what's the point? Right. Yeah. John, you're number four. My number four is uh, the gauntlet match. Oh, that was my number four. Thanks. Oh, excellent. Number Pete, three, that was my number three. Oh, sorry. Sorry, that's a big um, one for it. Um, it squashes the rest of the talent if the first guy or guys in, like, a tag team gauntlet goes over. It's just, what the fuck? It makes no sense. You're winning... Because you're winning the luck of the draw. It's not really a, a test of your uh, will. You know what I mean? Like when Michaels and, and uh, Triple H ran through the entire tag division back in like 06. Um, was that SummerSlam actually? Where they, they fought like six tag teams off and they wound up winning? I think it so was. that was SummerSlam oh, six. We were there. It wasn't 06. I think it was 06 because I think we were there. I was there. Was it six? Yeah. Oh, boy. Slipping again. Uh, Google. Well, uh, keep talking about it. I'll look it but, up while you talk. But about I mean, it. it's it's just it's just what I said. I mean, if the first or even the second guy goes over, it just you know, okay, like uh, you see, so you're better than everyone else. Why aren't you the champion if you're not the champion already? You know what I mean? It's like I just like, don't like how long it drags on. Yeah, and I, I think Rod did that a couple times, like oh yeah, years back, just to fill the last hour because they shouldn't be three hours long. Um, it's gonna get you kicked <laughs> when you can. Yeah, it just yeah. Anyone else have an opinion on the gauntlet match? Yeah, you see one guy like wrestling for like just too long, you get bored. You get bored. It's. Yeah. I think the 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 thing about that match too is, the longer it goes on, the more obvious it it gets for the yes. viewer. I think the last one to win one was AJ Styles to get into some 
competition. Seth, Seth Rollins did one. A- AJ yeah. Styles won a gauntlet match less than four days ago. Yeah. Okay, but Kofi... To get into the Money in the Bank match, yeah. To get that Daniel Bryan match, right? Kofi was like... He went super yeah. long in that gauntlet match. And yep. again, like, it just was boring. Like, you could have gone about it a different way. I, I, I never liked those matches. Kofi Kingston only has, like, five moves. And the rest yeah. are all the spots, you know, that he, he lands on a, on a pancake outside the ring or something like that. Yeah. What I would... Sorry, I was going to say that the one positive is that if, if a guy goes a super long time in the gauntlet match, it does get him over, like Kofi and like uh, Seth Rollins did before his big push. They uh, Rollins went over an hour. So, and like, it's not like you're stepping on one person. But right? Strem, if they went over an hour and there was no one there to see it because they were out of sheer boredom change the channel, does it really matter? Uh, yes, because everyone <laughs> in the arena saw it. I guess. I think that would have taken a couple piss breaks. Yeah. So, um, the match in question, it was SummerSlam 06. Oh. I apologize. Yes, it, it, it was a great – that's a great SummerSlam with the exception of one match. Um, great SummerSlam. It was DX versus Vincent Shane. Uh, Vincent Shane used the Doomsday device and the heart attack yes. at one point. Um, that's right. Couldn't, couldn't win, though, cause, which proves that neither one of those moves were over. Um, but Vince and Shane got help before the match started from the Spirit Squad, Finley, William Regal, Mr. Kennedy, The Big Show, and Umaga. But it wasn't a gauntlet match, so. That was awesome. I might go watch that one. That's the pay-per-view where I was one of the the only people in the balcony rooting for Edge to beat Beverly Mm -hmm. Brothers to beat John Cena and when Edge pinned Cena, I stood up and cheered and got hit in the back of the head with a cup full of Coke. <laughs> I got hit in the head with a bucket full of cum. Okay. Uh, <laughs> by the way, side note, Chris was the only person to have Edge in their final two in the bracket. That's because he, he's slipping. I told you, he's slipping. <laughs> Edge, is, Edge is phenomenal. You see, slipping. I can't believe it. I am slipping. All right, well, we yeah. just went longer than a gauntlet match talking about gauntlet matches. So. <laughs> All right, so, Pete, that was your number four as well? Yeah, my number four. I thought it was my three. I just checked. It's my number Stremzy, what's your number four? My number four. Let me just flip over to my list. Not to be confused with a Judy Bagwell on a forklift match, I am calling this my random shit on a pole match. Uh, and we'll That's my get number two. That's my number two. You can go. Can no, go no, no. Ahead. We'll wait till your number Look, two. Look, I have one note. It says, why even fight? Question mark, question mark. <laughs> well, okay, then I'll... I mean, I'll give you a couple of examples. The uh, coal miner on a pole match in WCW. <laughs> that the, was good. That was good. Cause Ted, uh, was that Ted DiBiase? No. No, I think it was Jake Roberts, actually. Jake Roberts and Sting. Ted yeah. DiBiase invented that match. It was his last match before he went to the WWF. The fuzzy dice on a pole match for the Divas. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a division. couple of fuzzy dice on a pole match. <laughs> so, I mean, it, here's the thing. It, when you get it, do you win the match? When you get it, is it like a weapon to use? Yeah. The rules are completely inconsistent and like fuzzy dice won't help you win the match. It's just, it, neither will coal miner's glove, by the way. Um uh, and it's just, it, it's kind of awkward to get up there and stand on top of the turnbuckle. And then when you get it, it's really not that much of an advantage over any random piece of crap you could find ringside. So I think that um, they're just, I appreciate the 
the objective behind it, but it just always falls flat in execution. I agree. Yep. And yep, if it stinks and no one likes it. If yeah. it's a weapon on a pole, it, the person who gets it should be the only person allowed to use it. Like That's another good point. You know, yeah, if it's you, if it's a if it's a um, you know, chain on a pole match and once it's grabbed somebody can use it. I'll let Strem climb. I can't climb. I'll let Strem climb up there and get it, <laughs> kick him in the balls and take it from him. Like only yeah. the person that gets it should be able to use it. Woof. The Duchess of Queensbury. Woof. I got, <laughs> I got backlash L one on my TV. Jesus. Uh the, the 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 selling that they do to make her seem like a true royalty person <laughs> oh and, and Regal is say you know, saying he doesn't she doesn't need to talk to commoners like the coach and stuff. Yes. It is just brilliant. My favorite brilliant. part about it so far is when he went to fetch her from her limousine, and he had his working trunks and boots and knee pads on, and then he had a long sleeve yes. WWF collared shirt, button up, yep. tucked into yep. his trunks. Yep. He's tucked in. Yeah. You don't have to talk to him. Duchess, Duchess, you don't have to talk to him. <laughs> He's a commoner. He should have just dropped the end bomb right there. <laughs> he works for he works for ESPN. You don't have to talk to him. Uh, <laughs> my number three is similar to my number one that got blown up. Last man standing, um, the I quit match. See, I actually that was my number mine. two. I had that on ones that work. I think that was my number five on ones that work. Um, because think of like. The Rock and Mankind, that match where he took 11 friggin' chair shots off the head, you're telling me this doesn't work? No, it's, it's a lot of the ref going He had, he had to like, handcuff him and, and murder him, and then no, he had to quit. His voice to say he quit. It was a recording. Pete, it's a work, bro. It's a work. Mankind Whatever yelled at it. It's the repetition of the ref. I don't like when the ref is too... in. Is too much of a focus on the match. I don't want to hear him saying, "Do you quit? Do you quit? What do you say?" Do you quit? Just like the counting on the last. That happens in every match where they put someone in a in a, a submission hold. The guy asks him if he's okay if he quits. Not as often. Well, by that definition, you don't like any match. Not as not, <laughs> not, not as often. You can take a body slam, and the ref goes, you, "What do you say? You want to give it up?" No. I, I don't like when that ref's too focused, too main. You know. Show, showcased in the match. I don't like that. Here's my problem with the I quit match. The rules state you need the only way you can win is making your opponent say the words I quit. And they've had guys just go yes and the match has ended. Or tap. But, or tap. But here's the problem. So many times the face, the baby face will go, damn it, say I quit. The match should be over. You're right. You're right. They've never done that. Anyone done that as a finish, by the way. You two are in fucking kindergarten. You no, can't I've had that written it. down as a finish they should do forever. Oh one God. time. Oh, one time. You didn't give us enough homework. Say I quit. <laughs> well, he said it. Match yeah. is over. No, it's right. I mean, besides the fact that you would make that talent look absolutely dumb, it works as a finish. Yeah. You I do like the chicken shit heel win that way. Perfect guy that would do that would be the big show. Make the big show do it. Fucking Pete. <laughs> oh, come on. I do remember when they had the Foley recording and they played that when he, I think it was against The Rock. Yeah, and, that was uh, the match Trevor was talking about. Yeah. Royal Rumble yeah. 2000. It was a great match. 
The guy 201, was I think. No, 99. I'm sorry, 99. Vince oh, won the Rumble was, The guy was basically <laughs> murdered in front of his kids. He had to quit. I get it. But <laughs> more, more unintentional comedy, though, because he's like basically dead. And yeah. if, if somebody like that, that exhausted is going to scream, I quit at the top of their lungs three times in a row. <laughs> I quit. I quit. And he's like face first. <laughs> that was pretty genius, though. That was a pretty right. good good swerve. And they've never yeah. done that finish again, which is brilliant. Like, he did it once. It was perfect. Don't go to the well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't have another blindfold match, you know? You've already done it. <laughs> a couple of times. I don't I don't care about Poughkeepsie. They don't need to see it. People have done it eight fucking thousand times. <laughs> they were, all right, so, Never happened. Never only happened once. In- I, I, blindfold steel cage match. Yes, that uh, happened. TNA yep. happened. So, there you oh, go. I'm talking about TNA. I'm not talking about them in a couple minutes. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Um, hey, uh, John, you're number Don't three. talk about Greek churches. Better, better button up my lips. <laughs> Uh, my number three is uh, the Inferno match. Okay. Uh, because there's been four of them in WWE, and Kane has lost three out of four, which tells you it's just a match to make Kane lose. Uh, MVP was actually the last one to lose, um, making Kane uh, one in three in these matches, and, that was, and then he retired the match. And, of course, MVP could lose because um, his body is covered head to toe in a jumpsuit because he's fat. Uh, it just makes no goddamn sense. Who and who controls the flames? When like the flames, when they do a move and the the flames go higher, who who controls the flames? It's a midget in the back pressing yeah, the button. Yeah. Um, it's it's and, a temporary think, lapse in the gas. Yeah. No. It, it 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 keeps the action in the ring, even though every time they <laughs> somehow get out of the ring, it's like Chris Stiles actually how gets do you pulled get up, out of the ring back and press the button to put the flames the go ring, high. <laughs> <laughs> when the ring is on fire, how do you leave the ring and not catch fire? This makes no sense. So it's like they've had matches and they, they wind up outside the ring. How do you get outside the ring if the ring is surrounded by flames? It just makes no sense. Yeah. Simple. The, the flames about as high as this Miller Lightning. Uh, step over it. <laughs> it's like, and imagine like watching this ringside, right? You're sitting there, you're all comfortable, you're drinking. Within two seconds, they turn those fucking flames on, and your beer is like, your beer is 80 degrees, you can't drink it anymore, and you sweat your ass off because you're sitting next to the biggest ball of fire going. <laughs> this match doesn't work for anyone. I agree, it's a terrible and match. I'm not sure. And the setup, too, the setup ruins the entire night because they have to put this giant structure around the ring to keep the flames going. It's like. Uh, uh. Uh, to me, it's like a, a like a low grade grill. You just run around and then you just turn on the propane and. Oh, it's a low grade. Know. Yeah, yeah. No, Strim, it's an inferno. Do you know what an inferno is, <laughs> buddy? Turn on the news. Look at Australia. You'll see one. We don't talk about that anymore. We don't talk about that. We're under the pandemic. We don't talk about the fires in Australia anymore. I did a quick YouTube search. There's been four. It, it brought back four blindfold-related matches in WWF history. So there's been at least four. John Cena versus Fandango in a You Can't See Me match. Oh. Triple H versus Digolo Brown. Santino Morello versus Drew McIntyre. Um, and, of course, Jake versus Rick Martel. So. What's a You Can't See Me match? 
Cena's got a blindfold on and Fandango doesn't. I, you know what? I remember that now that you say it. I don't even remember Cena having a feud with Fandango. It was, I think it was during the authority time where he was just getting put. Yeah, he's fighting everybody. It was, yeah. back when he, yeah. it was back when he had a match. Yeah. yeah. Remember those days? <laughs> it was, it was, you know, remember... it's funny. I always hated Cena, but now I kind of miss him. Oh. Sorry, Pete. Kind of weird. Pete, sorry your friend died. Hey. Um, There's a reason he was my number one overall champion in the bracket, if you believe that. That's because you're an idiot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Where are we at? Pete, you're number three? Yes, my number three is the first blood match. I always thought it was kind of silly and... I mean, especially back in when we watched wrestling religiously, like everybody bled in every match, so it really wasn't anything exciting. It was right. more, it was more unique when someone didn't bleed in a match back then. Yeah. Um. So, and especially when I just think back to Stone Cold versus Kane, like how's Kane gonna bleed? He's covered from head to toe. So you clearly, you know, it just it just doesn't work as a gimmick to me. And now right. blood's so frowned upon in WWE as it is, and um. I don't know if you guys heard, but AEW is getting fined ten grand because of that Moxley Omega match uh, that happened a couple months ago. Just how violent it was and stuff. Wow. They're, they're getting fined for it. So interesting. Yeah. So it just, I think it just brings them more trouble and just it just just doesn't work as a gimmick. Yeah. I wonder if that'll impact them. I I read that article too. I wonder if that that's going to impact them going forward with blood and guts. Oh, that's a good point. Well, they'll they'll find a state that'll let that'll have more uh, leeway. Right. Well, maybe not now with the way the current situation. I'll tell you, it wasn't a good look where Moxley like hocked a loopy on the mat the other night. No, definitely not. And then, like, I'm surprised that wasn't a bigger deal. Like, I guess nobody really cared. But like to me, it's like, well, you got people wrestling after that. Right. On that ring. I don't know. It's funny. He's such a good worker, but. His character. Yeah. I actually don't think he's a good worker. I think his wrestling is corny. I don't think he's very... He's goofy. He, he is goofy, for sure. He's, he's been good on those vignettes they've done pre-recorded, but when he does a live promo, I'm not impressed. And I just don't think... I think he's... To me, Jericho made the belt matter. Moxley, maybe because of this pandemic, too, he hasn't been on TV as much, but I just... I forget he's the champion sometimes. Yeah. Moxley being the champion is kind of like Becky Lynch being the champion right now. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, and, no. and I think it's too soon for Brody Lee to challenge him because, I mean, he's obviously going to lose. Right. He's not going to win right away. I, they should have had MJF. I think MJF should be their next champ. I would love to see Brody Lee be their champion. And then, you know, Pete might throw a parade for him. He's always I, been a big, I love him. He's always been a big supporter. Sons of bitches. He never gets injured. Yeah. He's he's been what wrestling four weeks in a row now and he hasn't like I mean he's I mean it's amazing. Four and weeks in a row? I believe they taped three of those weeks on the same night. Hey, yeah. hey, 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 hey. They were live last night. What about the next week? I know you hate Luke Harper, aka Brody Lee, but I've always Okay. Okay. Strem, you're number three. My number three. Sorry to my man, The Undertaker, but I had to put one of his matches on here, and I went with the Buried Alive match. Okay. And and uh, here's my point. If you can Irish whip somebody and make them run in perpetuity, and but you can't just shove them into a giant hole that's already in the ground, 
And that's why it's just kind of silly to me. And at least with a casket match, you could wheel them out of there and they would pop out of the casket a few minutes later. They have enough oxygen. Nobody truly believes you're killing somebody and burying them in dirt. Uh, yeah, alive. Chris does. Chris does. <laughs> I mean, AJ came back from the dead just last night. Yeah, right. Two nights ago. Resurrected. It's very popular this time of year. Right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just always thought it was kind of goofy. Guys, it's it's April. Resurrection's in. <laughs> <laughs> it's May seventh, brother. Oh. You go yeah. back to being awful, uh, awful Catholics and Orthodox Christians <laughs> for the next twelve months. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, that's a great point. I've never enjoyed buried alive matches or casket matches, for that matter. There's the too first- much delaying. The first yeah. Buried Alive match was um, in, in Bethlehem back in uh, back in 33 AD. Come on. Jesus, <laughs> three days later, Jesus went over. <laughs> yeah, hey, Austin, I'm back. I'm back, <laughs> Austin. Grabs Mary Magdalene on the back of a motorcycle, six-pack of beer, and is wheeling a shotgun. Jesus is back. <laughs> I heard Jesus liked to drink. Goddamn, son. Really? Yeah, I read that. I I slipped a good one past you guys right there. I missed it. God damn, son. God damn, son. God damn. Oh, shit. Just remember, like, so they're sitting there, right, and the the punches pilot goes, all right, we got this guy Barbosa. He's kind of a dick. Uh, Well, we have this guy Jesus. Which one do you guys want to see walk? And everyone's like, dude, Barbosa. Barbosa's got like he's got air hockey at his house. Let's let him go. This is Jesus character. Let him just preach. Right. My number two. Yep. Moving on uh, is, is the is the beat the clock challenge. Oh uh, yeah, that's a good one. Technically, it's a group of matches, but it's the dumbest con. Like again, in theory, something that should be should be great and should have a sense of like emergency to it. But, you know, it's four or five matches, and, you know, the first match, however long it took the guy to win, he sets that time, and then the following wrestlers have to win their match quicker. But, like, for so many reasons, it doesn't work. Um, The guy that's not part of the beat the clock, if he wins the match somehow, why doesn't he take the other guy's place? Like, there's just too many things about it that don't make sense. It's a lot of clock watching. It's never as climactic as it should be. Yeah. Um, and it, it, buries, it buries the other guy that's obviously not the bigger name in the match, right? <clears throat> you know, if yeah. you're out there, it's like, you know, Fandango versus Cena, to use that example earlier. Like, you know Cena's going to win, which is, you know, that, that's burying your right. lower card. I mean, and it's fine that Cena's going to win, but it's like, oh, how fast is Cena going to destroy him? Yeah. It's like, well, okay. So if, if Edge beats, or if Seth Rollins beats No Way Jose in three and a half minutes, and Cena beats Fandango in two minutes, is Cena a minute and a half better than Rollins, or yes. is Fandango that much worse than No Way Jose? And who's the timer for these matches? This is ridiculous. When the, start, when, the, when the bell rings or when they first touch each other, because sometimes guys just stare at each other for hours across the ring. It's when the bell rings. Right. Oh, Regal just won. Get a f- fix the Duchess's wig, damn it. <laughs> Poor woman. Duchess took All a right. beating. All right, John, you're number two. 
My number two we talked about was the anything on a pole. Why even fight? Okay. Yeah. Beta. Uh, my match next is the Punjabi prison, prison. match. My number two as well. For me, it's like, first of all, you make a match for one specific wrestler. And he doesn't it's even fight It's basically in. just a hell in a cell. What'd you say? He didn't, he didn't even fight in it. No, he didn't even fight in it. <laughs> he did the first time. Yeah, the first time he did, but the next time he did not. But um, it actually made more sense to have him back the next time, to be honest. It worked better the next time for him. But then they just did nothing with him after. He disappeared again. But stinks, you, so, so if you're there live, I've heard that you can't see shit because of that fucking thing. Because there's so much <laughs> crap in front of you. Um, it, it, it doesn't translate well on TV either because it's just a hell in a cell match, but the door has to stay open for 60 seconds for some odd reason. And like, what are you going to do? Impale a guy through one of those big sticks that are sticking out of the freaking like, Oh yeah. It, it has like stupid like periods or something. Like there's like, there's hey, escape hey, hey, windows hey, hey. or something like that. Yeah. Time periods. I'm sorry. It's just the biggest eyesore match I've. It's just the whole thing's just a hot mess, and it's for one of your dullest wrestlers ever. Like the guy couldn't. He was the worst. The worst. Yeah, I agree. He's yeah. huge in general, but he's huge in India. <laughs> and in his pants, probably. <laughs> he better be. You think? You think just Natty? Uh, you think Natty ever did anything with him? Probably. <laughs> Strap, you said this was your number two as well? That's my number two as well. And you have No, I mean, the only reason I made the list is because it happened twice, right? They waited ten years, and then they did it again. Three times, excuse me. It it the middle one didn't have anybody of... Uh, Color. Middle, Indian. Middle, middle Eastern descent. Is that, is Eastern, that sorry. easy? That's yeah. a color. Um, That's a color. <laughs> I, think, I think it was Big Show versus Batista, which is... <laughs> Fucking talk, shit. Talk about dog shit on a pole. Right. Oh, no, no, we already about the pole match. <laughs> um, my number one we covered already, last man standing. Is it my number one? Yeah. John. My number, number one is one. actually three or four matches, depending on the year and the name of the pay-per-view. Um, when they are separate, <laughs> tables, ladder, chairs, and stairs matches. That was my number one. Yeah. That's when they're all together. No, no, when they're all when they when they're together, it's I mean TLC is some of the greatest, like the actual TLC, TLC one, two, and three, have been the greatest matches ever formed. Correct. When they when they made it a pay per view and broke it up, right? Like and and, because I had the stairs too. Remember that year they did the stairs? Yes, that was the dumbest thing. Oh my god! Do you remember who was in that match? Big Show. The Big Show. Yes, it was. Uh, The Big Show. Eric Rowan. Oh, Eric Rowan. Soon to be Pete's second favorite wrestler on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when he shows up in uh, AEW as Jeff Taint. So my, my 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 favorite note on this is: you can murder me with a gun, but if you use a knife, you're going to jail. It's like you can only use a, you can only use uh, like you can only use a chair in this match. If you hit me with anything else, you're out. Yeah, it's dumb. Like you said, though, like. The early renditions when it was all together is great. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, you could only beat me if you hit me with a chair. Yeah. Right. And it's like in a ladder match you can use a table. And in a chair it, it's like in a yeah. table match you can use a chair. It's like these like why even call the match Yeah. It's the worst pay per view of the year to, for me. 
Yeah. Yeah. Hey, they took something beautiful at the Hardys, Edge and Christian, you know, even Jericho towards the end, the Dudleys. It's just like it used to be an awesome match, and then they turned it into like they, it's just another thing they took and just ruined. Here's like, how you fix that pay per view. The main event's the TLC yes. match. That was yep, that yeah. was that's what I want to say. Have yeah. two TLCs, have a women's TLC and a men's TLC. Make it a tag team centric match that it's for the titles. Just like there's no what name one tag team centric uh, Pay per view, not name Survivor Series. It's like right. So and even right. that one's not even that one's not well, even tag team. Four games anymore. now, but that's NXT. So yeah, and that's more yeah. But it's like and table matches are the worst. I am not surprised that fucking Cody. If I was Cody, I would have left the company the day. Did he? He won the title from the Big Show when he stepped on the table. When he was walking back in the ring, that's how he won the fucking match. The Big Show put his big fucking foot through a table and they handed Cody the title. It's like. How could you? I think you retain the title that way. Yeah, but it's like, how could you have a match and win it that way? Oh, I, oh, I, I put my arm through a table. It's all yours. Yeah. How did you it's lose the point. world heavyweight champion? Well, see, I was getting back in the ring and I slept, and my knee went through a table. <laughs> see, but there was one time they actually did that cleverly. Um, when Sheamus. Number two on Pete's all-time least favorite wrestlers. When he won the title the first time, it was a tables match, and he and Cena were battling on the top rope, and they, like, smashed heads. Sheamus fell to the floor, and Cena fell backwards and went through the table. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe because it screwed Cena, I'm saying it worked, but it, <laughs> it's the first time they did that. Yeah. No, I remember that. It was good. No, it, was it wasn't. Um... <laughs> I don't like tables matches, but every I agree with you overall. It should just be one, or or no. Once again, I go back to my no holds barred versus DQ. It's like, okay, what the fuck? Like right. you're just making right. names to make names. It's like, all right. The ladder is the ladder and table by themselves work. No, not a, no, no table. The other two don't. Table hey. doesn't work because if Alexa if, Bliss won her first SmackDown oh, Women's Championship right. in a tables match, they had to make. I, they had to make a table for her to go through. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like the tables match though. It's stupid. Like, oh, you put me through a table. I love like the ladder match is the only one that really actually like makes sense. Yeah, because there's a reason you're climbing the ladder. Right. That's like, a very good point. Why would you put him through a table like for no reason? It doesn't make sense. Why would anyone sign up for that voluntarily? That's a very fair point. Speaking of not making sense, let's talk about my num- my number one. Oh, can we do segue. Pete's number one? Oh, sorry. Well, no, I, I, oh. Trembley's number one. Oh, thing. yours yeah. was the same. Okay. That's right. My number one. Chris is slipping. My number one from the overlords of TNA Wrestling is the reverse battle royal. No, I've heard about this. Yes. <laughs> In which I, I actually. I love, the, I love this. I'm so glad you're bringing this up because I actually love this match. I actually Wait, think it's ahead. a great idea. I think the idea is near and dear to my heart, but the execution, it, it fails, like, as soon as it starts, right? So I might have the numbers wrong a little bit, but, like, say 20 people come out to the ring, and they surround the ring like a lumberjack match. Then they start the match, and the first, like, eight people into the ring, or ten people, whatever it is, uh, they stop the match at that point and then start, like, a regular battle royal, except... You know, it would take 
half a second to get into the ring as soon as the match starts. Instead, like this guy's like attacking each other outside the ring when they could easily just sneak into the ring with no problem whatsoever to get themselves into the next stage of the match. I actually, so that, I actually you're kind of building this match for me. I, I kind of want to see it. <laughs> I, I watched it online, and it's uh, it's it's funny because uh, Rikishi was actually the uh, the the big name in TNA at the time. They must have just signed him or something. A lot of uh, names you'd recognize in it, uh, including Eric Young, who was the star of the match as far as I'm concerned. But uh, the overall, like, getting into the ring being a, 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 a difficult barrier to overcome is just so uh, unbelievable. It just lacks any bit of credibility that it just destroys the whole thing as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> They got it right once. Okay. They, fi- they finally got the rules down to the point where I think it might have been the first eight, but I don't remember how many it was. But we'll just say eight for the way for it to make sense. The first eight to go over the top rope and into the ring qualified for stage two, making it a reverse battle royal. And then your order of elimination was your seating in the tournament to get into the championship. So, like, the first guy eliminated would fight the winner of the Battle Royal. So that's how they would seed you in the tournament. I think it was for a vacant title or a title shot. But you had, so to, you had to climb up onto the apron and go over the top rope in reverse Battle Royal fashion. You couldn't just slide under. The first one, just get in the ring. But eventually they figured out, they worked out the kinks, and you had to go over the top rope and get in. That makes a lot more sense. The one I watched was just you have to get into the ring. It was just shit show. They <laughs> uh, should do it with tag teams, and you have to throw your partner into the ring. Like, yeah. like he can't jump. You have to absolutely toss him into the <laughs> ring, and then he then you, the match starts. But it's like, but and like the last tag team that can't throw their guy in, they have to leave. So like, heavy machinery be out right away. Son of a bitch. There's there's one that actually didn't make my list, but as an aside, I'll call it an honorable mention. The tag team battle royal is one of my favorite things ever. If your yeah. partner gets eliminated, you, you're out too. It's so much fun. Yeah. They've only done it a few times, but they're, why would that, they're why, entertaining as hell. Why would that make any of these lists? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we still got a list to go. Really? No, I'm just saying that's it didn't make my list, but just as an aside, yeah. that's a gimmick match it, I really enjoy. It shouldn't make any of these lists. <laughs> I know. Jesus. All right. Before we get to the, the, the cream of the crop, the top five gimmick matches, we've mentioned the big show a couple of times. I was listening to the New Days podcast this weekend. Topanga from Boy Meets World was on as a surprise because Woods has a crush on her. Wowie. But they were, oh. they were talking about things they would, well, he did when he was a kid, when it was, you know, age appropriate and he wasn't married, whatever. Not the point. Um, when they were starting to get New Day started and Woods and Big E weren't really doing anything on TV, they would film... You, you What's do that? know that people on TV age. You do know that people on TV age outside of TV, right? It's age-appropriate. She, they both, no, I'm saying, no. They, they're both the same was, age now. Was, when, he, like yeah, when he was a teenager, she was a teenager on Boy Meets World. I'm just... It doesn't... It's not part of the story. When they were, and Woods is married, and I think he has two kids. I think. I might be wrong. Woods? No, the other, the other two. Yes, no, Woods Wait, has kids. Kofi's married and has two kids. Woods is not Woods married. Has, Woods has kids. 
But again, not he part of the story. He can have kids. Look at him. He can have kids, but he ain't married. Okay. Look at him. He, he, he can definitely have kids. Look at him. Yeah. Well, there's proof. Anyways. Ask um, Cage. They were trying to get on TV, so Woods and Big E would go around, and they would do classic promo theater, basically, and they would just dress up and film old promos that they enjoyed and just try to pitch to put them online. And one of the ones they did, Big E was the big show, and Woods was boss man driving a limo going, my daddy, my daddy, my daddy. Which, as you know, is my favorite storyline of all time. Where does the panga get in, like, come into play on this? She was just on. She was on the podcast as well. Huh. It was, it was okay. in the side. They had her. Um, they were trying to have her peel a banana without no. without, without her hands. <laughs> my daddy. My she got daddy. very. She got very creative. Do we have a hardcore halftime <laughs> this week? Uh, because we had three topics, we don't. Watson married someone named Jess in 2015. Their son was born in 2017. He's married? Woods is married and has a kid. Wow, I would have never guessed it. Yeah, I would have never guessed it when I saw one Paige's video. <laughs> All right, it's time for the main event. Top five gimmick matches. Pete, do you want to go first? I'm pointing like I yeah. can actually see you. Uh, actually, you know what? I knew you were pointing to me. Uh, my number five is the Elimination Chamber. I really oh. love the Elimination Chamber. I... The only reason I put it at five and not higher was because typically when they do this pay-per-view in this match, the outcome is pretty obvious because you have the champion that is usually going to face the winner of the Royal Rumble, and mm -hmm. you pretty much know that that guy's not going to lose the belt before Mania. But right. there have been some exciting finishes nonetheless. But I love how it's just... The whole build to it, you you have guys locked in their cute you know chambers, and you don't know who's going to come out next. It's a very violent match. I think Jericho's even gone on to say that it's quite the most painful gimmick match that they've ever that in wrestling. Triple like, H almost died. Yeah, it's the most dangerous structure. Yeah, it's too bad he didn't. Hey, as much as I hate Shayna Baszler this year, she completely dominated and beat the shit out of every female wrestler in that match and used the chamber as a weapon, basically. Yeah, she did. Um, another highlight for me was the one where, Shawn, I believe, Shawn Michaels won. Did he win that one? Yeah, that was the inaugural Elimination Chamber. Yep, that was pretty awesome. And then Alexa Bliss winning it a few years back, doing that crazy jump off the top was pretty yep. awesome. She did a great promo at the end. Again, that's when Alexa wasn't hurt by Ronda Rousey and was... The shining star of the women's revolution, in my opinion. She's one of only two two-time women's tag team champions. Yep. I also will say this: there's one time I will I, I I will see the Big Show did something cool, and I this you you know how much I hate the Big Show. Yep. But it, when Daniel Bryan was mocking Big Show in the cube the whole time, I believe, and finally Big Show just basically rips like just crushes through it and gets his hands on Daniel Bryan. I thought yes. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Chamber had one of the most creative finishes ever when Michaels was obsessed with wrestling The Undertaker again at WrestleMania. Yes. And he lost the Rumble and he lost the Elimination Chamber. And he's like, I've got nothing left. So Undertaker was defending the title in the Chamber and Michaels came out from yes. underneath the Chamber, super kicked Undertaker, and Jericho won the title. That was that was a great finish. Yeah. Awesome. Um, 
Uh, it was my number five as well. Okay. What I would add is, um, yeah, I like the timing aspect, like a Royal Rumble type thing. And I do like the like uh, Otis going through the, the side panel. They can do a little bit of that type of gimmickry. Um, you know, he went outside the chamber. Um, they can do a few spots like that that are unique. So, yeah, it makes, this, it's fun. I think Morrison climbed the, the whole structure and jumped from the top once, which was really cool. I think so. It didn't make my list because it's basically a gauntlet match in a cage. <laughs> it's like I get it; it's fun. It, there's more to do, but it didn't make my top five because it's it's too much. Like luck they can the be draw. there. You they know can what I be mean? There simultaneously. If, if you're like like what was her name? Who was the big dyke? She Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler. Oh, Strong's gonna write that down. Um, she, yeah, like she squashed the entire women's division. Congratulations, you've you've accomplished nothing. Like you put her over. She's disgusting and gonna do horrible things with the company. So that's not the gimmick match's fault, though. That's just writing. That's not the match itself. But it's but, but it, if it's if it's randomly drawn, right? And what was she like? Third one in, second one in, whatever it was. Something like that. And she just ran through the entire division, and she was the first or second one in. Then it's like, okay, she she's more powerful than everyone else and you just wipe these you just take all these women and take their careers and flush them you know what i mean i actually liked that i thought like her like throwing Liv morgan into the freaking cage just, was like, like crazy no, no no you don't hurt sweet Liv morgan you don't do that <laughs> you just don't do that in a, in a yeah. civilized society i'm glad you guys are on board with Liv morgan finally i've always that, liked her she's great okay <laughs> john what's your number five my number five is a casket match it's a classic, you know, it, it defined The Undertaker, who he was. I mean, this guy came on the scene, and he, uh, he was putting guys in body bags, and he was just a scary dude. Oh, my God, look at that. And think of all the – and you know what? I like it because it's his match, but, you know, he's lost some. He's won some. It's like – and I kind of miss him. I kind of miss the casket match. He had, he had one against Rusev like two years ago. It wasn't like a – you know – I, I miss the the big black casket. I like a nice big black casket. You know what I Once mean? Once again, those matches are fun until you see one in person. Oh. Yeah. We saw, actually, we saw one. We saw Survivor Series. Uh... Yeah, piece of shit Big Show get thrown <laughs> into one. It was great. Yeah. That's right. Okay, you guys were there. Okay. Yeah, was, <laughs> that's the one I was talking about. Yes, we, we, we brought Warriors. Kyle Burns. Uh, but no. I love the, oh my God. the old ones. Remember that one? I'll Wait, tell you, the only the casket drama? match I ever liked, there's one casket match I like, and The Undertaker's not in it. It's Shawn Michaels versus Mankind. Okay. Yes! That, that was, was the best casket, casket match, in my opinion. I like, what's the one? It was Yoko's, remember Yoko's yeah. Zoom versus The Undertaker? Oh, yeah, when all the heels came out. And uh, Mari Gennetti went to the heavens. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I, I think older casket matches, like it just you just it just worked and you believed it and you're like and I think the guy used to be off TV for it used to be a way to give get guys off TV for a little while too. Yeah, I mean even the Undertaker was off TV and his last match was a casket match, you know. You know, for someone that they keep saying's been around forever, he he got hurt an awful lot and was gone a lot of the year. Yes, he was. He took a years. lot of vacations. Yes, like I remember all through my just like. Jeez, I haven't seen the Undertaker in like six months. Where is he? Like, and again, I think that's another reason why his character sustained this whole time because he always had a fresh return. 
Yeah. And it just proves, you know, being being gone a while makes the heart grow fonder. It's just, you're almost better off being a top talent that gets hurt once in a while and coming back big. Like, I haven't seen Pete in three months. My heart is just jumping. <laughs> especially especially with that little Dutch boy haircut. I can't. Oh, my God. I'm going to spend a little extra time in the bathroom tonight. Oh, my God. Actually, it's a little, yeah, it's a little Sammy Guevara-ish. I like it. Yeah. I, I, I'm getting into it, man. I'm kind of like it. Could you tug the front up and just have it hang up like something about Mary? Because it would be definitely Sammy Guevara if we could do ah, that. Slick it back. Because think about Sammy, right? He's just like you. He's it's shorter in the back. It's a little higher. But I, it's, you I've def- noticed that almost every wrestler in AEW has this haircut now. Yes, <laughs> you are. You are. I was uh, going to call it the Jimmy Havoc. Yeah, you're Jimmy Havoc <laughs> and Sammy Guevara in one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my number five is the battle bowl what's that oh battle bowl was great so well great might be a stretch but i loved it um it was a wcw concept where they would take 32 guys and put them into randomly paired teams and there'd be two rounds of matches so you would get like rick root and sting would be paired together because there would always be two guys that were feuding with each other would be paired as a team. And um, it would be two rounds of tag team matches, and then the last eight would wrestle, um, would be in a battle royal. There was two rings. Uh, it would be in a battle royal where you'd have to throw the guy into the second ring, and then the guy had to get eliminated. So you had to, get, guys had to get eliminated twice. The last man standing in the first ring would then wrestle the last man standing in the second ring for a title shot. It was a cool concept. They only did it a couple of times, but it was something, you know, and this is 90, 90, 91, 92. So my brother and I would bust out the Hasbros and do Battle Bowl and all that kind of shit. Um, I loved yeah. Battle Bowl. I thought it was a great concept. It's how DDP got put on the map pre-NWO as well. Hmm. Nice. Good. Yeah, WCW had a few cool ones like that. Nice. Peter, number four. My number four is... Um... The three stages of hell match. Nice. Okay. Yes. I so like that. I think it's, we're, it's I think we're in the like, first one now. It's it's what what <laughs> we're all in the first we're all in the first one right now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny because if you take away the three stages of hell part of it, it's all it is is a two out of three falls match. But the cool part about it is, is you have an unexpected loophole in the next stage, every stage, right? So it could become a ladder match out of the blue. It could become a you know a street fight, whatever the case. I mean, there've been some good ones like. Awesome. This could be all the matches we said don't work. Yeah, it, but it makes it work. <laughs> right. right. No, it does. So it, it's um, Austin was in a really good one. I forget who he faced, but he was in a really good one. I remember Triple H. Was he facing Triple H in it? I remember Michaels and Triple H had one, and think, it might have been Triple H and Austin as well. Yeah, I think it was Triple H and Austin, but. Yeah, I mean, it's something that they don't do often, which is also why I picked it, because I think when they... The point of a gimmick match, right, is, like, to be to do something creative with a creative finish and not to rehash every time. Right. Some, some, of, the, some of these matches we're going to pick, it's like they, they peaked really early, and they almost go back to that and redo it over and over, and it's never as good. Like, I'm sure someone's going to pick a future cage-like match later on that I feel like is that way, but... Yeah, it's something you don't see too often, so that's why I picked it. 
John, you're number four. My number four. Hold on. Get to work real quick. Um, my number four is the Survivor Series tag match. Nothing gets better than that, bro. I like the I like the elimination. I, I hate the years they don't do it or push it enough. It's just like, um, yeah, it's just. It, it, I mean, even the first one where they had the uh, the heels and the faces. It was like an actual tournament. The survivors all showed up. Even like the tag team one that had too many people and you couldn't see it on TV. It's just it's just a fun match and the the the, the ways they find out to them get guys eliminated and just it, it just it brings out the best in everyone. I think. Actually, 20, no, you couldn't have said it better. I'm sorry, Strum. Go ahead. Twenty men on the apron. Well, actually, two men on the ring, eighteen men on the apron, like the conquistadors waiting for the entire match in 1988. I love it. It's a great one. The only problem, and I never had this thought until I heard Bruce uh, Pritchard um, vocalize um, and express it. The only thing that doesn't make sense is the fact that faces and heels is an abstract concept to the fans. Like, the wrestlers don't think, well, I'm a face and you're a heel, you know, so we're going to be against each other. That's the only part that, like doesn't make sense about survivor series you know it's like oh you don't like that guy and i don't like that guy so we'll team up we'll be on a team together like that's why the wild card survivor series match is one of my favorites they just put eight guys onto two teams of four and it didn't matter who you were aligned with Mm -hmm. um but i absolutely love survivor series when they did survivor series was probably my favorite non-wrestlemania pay-per-view it's a great choice I left off some of the big uh, pay-per-view matches, but um, my number four is what I'm just going to call the classic steel cage match. Um, And and I mean specifically the blue steel cage, uh, but, you know, I'll even deal with the new one. Now, there's a reason I really love the steel cage match and the reason I can't stand it. But we've had classic ones like uh, Owen versus Brett at SummerSlam 94. We've had, uh, you know, uh, Hogan and Brutus versus uh, Zeus and Macho Man. Zeus. Uh, of course, Hogan and Bundy at WrestleMania 2. Eh, maybe not so great, but, you know, you know, you get the point. Vincent uh, Austin, St. Valentine's Day Massacre, 99. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ultimate, oh, Warrior versus, yeah. Ultimate Warrior versus Rick Rude in SummerSlam 1990, I believe. Yeah. Or Best match, I think, wrestling-wise, ever. Yeah. What's that, Pete? I think that was Warrior's best wrestling-wise match ever. Like he actually wrestled in that match. Uh, yeah, it's 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 either that or WrestleMania Seven with with the madness. You're yeah. you're damn right. So I'll give you actually I'll give you two reasons I love it. One, in that era, it was one of the very few matches that was. You know, now we have all gimmick matches up the wazoo, right? With all the pay per views, it was one of the very very few gimmick matches at the time. It was and, the gimmick match, basically. Yeah. 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 Number two reason I love it is that it actually traveled well, and you can see it at a house show. And a lot of these matches that we're talking about right now, you would not be able to see just going to the Lowell Auditorium as an example. That's a that's such a goddamn great point. That yeah. I, and I'm not being like trying to be a, a jerk about this. That's one of the best points that's been made on this podcast ever. Well, thank you. I appreciate. Wait, wait, time out. What was the point? 
the cage, the cage match is so great because you can do it anywhere. Like you can do a cage match at a house show. You can't do an inferno match at a house show, or you can't do, you know. Well, right now, Chris, you can't do anything at a house show. It's not safe. <laughs> well, in fact, in fact, Chris, we saw. I believe it was two thousand five. We saw a cage match between uh, Triple H and Ric Flair. This is at the Aganis Arena. Yes. Tri- Triple H and Ric Flair versus ba- Batista and Randy Orton, John Tremblay. Aganis. And that was in a steel cage. Granted, Ric Flair never made it into the cage because he bladed and put- took his pants down and, you know, he did the whole rigmarole. So um, that was the-, yesterday. the reason it's not my number one match is <laughs> just uh, in the pay-per-view style is that you can simply ask the referee to open the door, which is it, the... I can't even explain how stupid that is. I don't it like is, I don't like <laughs> pinning someone in the cage either. I, I'm okay with it if you use it as a weapon and then you pin them or submit them or, of course, uh, got, To me, you gotta escape the cage. Yep. Yeah, I, hate the pin. I hate the pinner submission. I like the escape. Yeah, See, even getting out of the door is fine with me. You're still escaping the cage, but... Like, yeah, I don't know. The door thing, to me, is just, like, you could do that. If you were quick enough, you could just be, like, at the beginning of the match, stand near the door and be like... Well, oh, see, the door serves a purpose, though, because it, it heightens the drama, because the guy's so yeah. close to getting out, and then the other guy grabs the foot, and the fans go nuts. Like, it, it serves a purpose. It's a spot, it, right? It's a uh, so, I say... Yeah. It's got to be one or the other. Either you can escape or you can use the door. Because if the guy's at the top of the cage, he's not going to jump. Right. Go out the door. <laughs> he's at the top. He's got to climb down. Just go out the door. Yeah. I, yeah, why I think, you just do that? I think now where MMA, even though MMA's gotten less popular the last couple of years, it's not at its peak anymore. Um, but with MMA being what it is now, I think a cage match should be submission only. You can't escape. You can't pin the guy. You're locked in there. The only way he, you're getting out is if you give up. I like escaping, man. Climbing up. Escape it, baby. Getting out of there. That, to me, is the should be the only way you can win. You guys, um, yeah. Either way, the classic blue. I, I lost my shirt. I had the old school shirt that had the Your blue shirt's on, on, dude. You're losing it. <laughs> you're losing it. You're losing it, kid. I can see your shirts, Trev. We're on video. <laughs> I was talking about a specific shirt that I don't Oh, oh have a, specific, you know. a Pacific shirt. Losing it with 10-count wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Trev, you're losing it. Uh, you're losing it, kid. My number four is the dog collar match. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> How the fuck does that work? <laughs> So it's there's no tap in the corners like a um like the uh, leather strap match. It's a pinfall or submission match, but you're attached about at the neck with dog cut with a dog collar chain. Two that stand out to me that were bloody and violent as hell. Uh, Piper and Valentine. It's one of the yeah. most famous matches ever. Yeah. And then in ECW, they they did a double dog collar match: the Pitbulls versus Stevie Richards and. Raven, Raven, uh, Stevie Richards got power bombs through a table off the top rope while connected by at the neck to another guy. It was Jesus. ridiculous. Yeah, dog collar matches are, are always violent. That's why Vince doesn't do them now. Right. It's sort of like a strap match, but better. Yes. 
Number threes. Beta. My number three is the bra and panties match. Because you like bra and panties. I mean, seriously, that's all I got to say. Like, why wouldn't you like that match? I guess Ashley's working tonight. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, 14-year-old horny kids watching wrestling back in the day. You have all these playmates just, you know, bra and panties left and right. Wrestling was the best. The payoff was never good enough, man. I'm telling you, they they protected these women for some reason. Eat your blue balls, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Talking to the wrong guy, kid. Generally, <laughs> yeah. never never let a wank go unfettered. Uh, <laughs> but yes, my uh, number three, and I'm sticking to it. Sauce it. Uh, you know, as as sexist as they are, and as me too as they be today, I don't hate it because I enjoy those matches very much. In my, in my heyday, I just—I always wish the payoff was. A little, remember when they had Patterson and Briscoe in one? Oh my god! Oh, that hold on—that was a hardcore evening gown match, completely different. Yeah. <laughs> Pete and I were watching that, and I think some my parents and some friends were upstairs, and they came down just when that match was started. Oh no. my god! Like, no. We were so embar- uh, like one guy. Let I thought me, he'd love it. He's like, "What the frig are you watching?" <laughs> That yeah. was King of the Ring yeah, 2001 it was... in the no, Fleet Center. I, no, think. No. I think it was St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Is this what you watch down here in Del Boca Vista? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. God bless him. John, uh, you're number three. Well, before I do my number three, I'm going to put over the New England Patriots 2020 schedule. Oh. I'm going to do a, a two-second recap of it. Oh, We're going to go 0 and 16. <laughs> really? <laughs> Guys, September 13th, right? right. 13th, Canceled. 13th. Canceled. Yeah, they don't even have a season this year. Who are we joking? It might as well be Friday the 13th. We're playing the Dolphins. We're going to lose by 10. Sunday, September 20th, right? You'd think without Brady we'd have no more Sunday night games. Uh Uh-uh. This is the first of the many. We're playing in Seattle week two. We're fucked. Oh, my God. Week three will win because it's the Raiders. Week four, we're going to go into the the grinder that's known as Kansas City, and we're going to get murdered. It's going to be 100 to 3. The 11th of October, we come home to face the Denver Broncos without John Elway. We're going to get a break from our slaughter on the – October 18th. It's the bye week. Following that, Mark Hilgo is coming to town to see the Niners play. Oh boy. Uh, the week after that, we're going to Buffalo to see O.J. Simpson get inducted to the Hall of Fame. And then, here we go. Monday, November 9th, Jets, 8.15 p.m. What the frig. Sunday, November 15th, Ravens. We're going to lose by another 100 at 8.20 p.m. And then we're going to go and beat Bill O'Brien in Houston. Then we're going to go beat um, Bruce Air. Oh, no, he's not, he's not in Whoever the hell is in Arizona now. Then we're gonna go to the Chargers. Then we get then we get a Thursday night game against the Rams, where we'll lose by fifty-five. Um, and then we get the Dolphins. We might win that one. Bills on Monday night for the last Monday night game of the year, and then Sunday, January third, we're playing the New York Jets. Wow. So I don't think we're gonna win a game, but Justin or Justin could be the MVP. I think they're gonna be Jared, better. This year. I think they're gonna get better as the year Jared, goes. I think you're right. Garrett right. <laughs> Sims, my new my new follow. I follow him so I can remember his name. Don't you think Bill knows something we don't? 
by yeah. not making a quarterback. Yes, yes. He knows he's taking the year off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if he's just banking on not having a season. That'd be that'd be wise. He's like, we're not gonna fucking play this year anyway. Just and dress. Brady, Brady comes back next. Then Brady comes back next year. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's the hardcore halftime. Uh, my number three <laughs> is uh, it's happening Sunday. It's the Money in the Bank. It's yes. probably one of the. It's. I mean, the the top two I have. You know, it's. It can very easily be one two, but I put it at three because this year it's tainted, because the WWE continues to fuck itself up, and I can't wait until Disney and ESPN Plus buy it and Fox gets a little piece because they've really taken this thing and gone downhill with it. But <laughs> the bank was invented by. I Christmas. like. Uh, I like uh, like teenage John, like teenage Pop, Pop, John. Uh, Pete, you know, the money in the bank used to be real exciting. Got <laughs> <laughs> uh, me with a spoon. But I think, you know, any match that CM Punk can win twice has got to be something good, right? That's right. And uh, Jericho invented it, never won it. And uh, I think it just it creates drama year-round. I mean, what other pay-per-view do they mention year-round besides WrestleMania, right? As soon as someone yeah. has money in the bank briefcase, it's called the money in the bank briefcase. And it just gets referenced over and over again until it gets cashed in. Now there's like what two or three of them. Two. Mm-hmm. They don't do one for the, the world and the uh, universal title. Nope. One no. men's, one women's, oh, which well, is good. If there was four, if there was four briefcases, it, it, it would include the cluster. My favorite thing to do in WWE 2K, uh, when it, whatever when it works, um, is hand someone the money in the bank briefcase and wait for them to cash in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, I like when it asks you before every show to you. Would you like to cash in? But it will, Pete. It will ruin your feud. It'll yeah. Ruin your feud. You guys are still the reigning and defending AEW tag team champions on my two K. Oh, Amazing. Nice. Well, we, we've defended nice. it more than uh, than Omega has in the last two months. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where Rest- the hell is Hangman? Wrestling purist draped in gold. I think Hangman. Actually, I don't want to speculate. Actually, that's. Well, you think he has the bid? I think he does, dude. He was drinking beers right out of the audience. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I think it has. Uh, everyone's level of comfort is involved. I would say, and uh, you know, it's it depends on uh, how you know your family situation and many other factors. So. We're getting into speculation, so I don't want yes. to get into that. Rumor and innuendo, as they say. Rumor and innuendo. Yeah, innuendo and outuendo. <laughs> uh, hold on. Breaking Look at the Duchess on. of Queensberry. Isn't she beautiful? <laughs> Breaking news here on Twitter. Uh, Hangman Page is dead. Uh, <laughs> uh, <come on. laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Just, front like, just like Kim Jong-un, he's back alive. <laughs> Drum, you're number three. My number three is tables, ladders, and chairs. Only when uh, it's together. Only when it's combined. That was uh, my number three as well. Talking right? through the hunger. Yeah, I mean, WrestleMania 17, born it, right? Uh, they stole the show. Um, Edge and Christian, the Hardys, and the Dudleys. Um you know, it's just the combination of the three of them leads Summer to just... SummerSlam 2002. SummerSlam 2002, of course, was even better than WrestleMania X7. Um, Sorry. It's all right. Um, because it it just leads to so many unique opportunities, you know, going the spear off of the 
uh, top of the ladder, you know, the swanton bomb through the table, uh, throwing the chairs at somebody while they're mid-flight. Good stuff. Um, I mean, good stuff. I mean, but I mean, it's, it's just a little too violent. Um, <laughs> you don't like it? <laughs> People get hurt. People get hurt. It's for... not funny. People get hurt. People get hurt. TLC, my number three. Yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's, such, it's such a great way to take a boring match like a tables match, um, you know, and, and add excitement to an already exciting match, which is the latter. With it's you 100%. Wonder, it's a wonder that anyone who participated in one of those isn't fucking dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's plenty of participants from TLC matches that are dead. I mean, like, no, no, like TLC oh, from, from the match itself. Yeah. Right. That no, no, no. Oh my god! Don't even. Yeah. Pete, actually, your number two. Actually, was Benoit. Well, my number two is a rendition of Strem's match, but it involves midgets. It's the Wii element, <laughs> <laughs> and it's one better than Strem's version because it has little people wrestling in it, and it was. Strem didn't pick it. <laughs> One oh my God, Pete! He hated your pick so much he left the room. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you had—I forget some of their names. I was just searching for the names of the guy. Like there was a Jerry the King Lawler version, a little wee guy. There was a who else they, was there? They, Jay. They did one wee LC match. No, there were two. Uh, El Torito versus Hornswoggle. They brought out a mini a mini Lawler to do commentary, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe that's why I could... I thought there were two, but yeah, they had a little mini Lawler doing commentary. It was amazing. It was just the best thing ever. El Torito picked up the win, by the way, so yes, if you remember. Well, well researched. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but WLC, baby. Unbelievable. Oh my god! I can't believe Strim hated your pick so much. He's not even coming back to the podcast. Creamed his pants and he had to go oh, clean up. Uh, I think he just Stream <laughs> Rules 2014. WLC. <laughs> wow. Strim left and canceled the. Uh, <laughs> he canceled the bracket. He hated. Nice. Look left. at that beautiful mirror. Uh, uh, oh, you can almost see yourself through it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the little Dutch boy haircut. <laughs> <laughs> John, what's your number two? My number two is the greatest form of a cage match of all time is the hell in a cell. Think about from the first, uh, well, not the first one. That was Michael's take. That was was good. But the one with Mankind and Undertaker, oh, my God. It's even referenced in pop culture. I'm watching Billions and uh, what's his name? Dan Soder's talking about it. You know what I mean? It's like. It's just, it was so violent. It wasn't even a match. It was like a murder. It was like an attempted murder because he's still alive. Oh, but when he hit that uh, table, oh my God. And then the, the best part was, uh, well, wait for Strim because it's actually his favorite part too. It's, uh, it's what happened to Terry Funk during the match. But, I agree with everything you said, but my, the reason I didn't put it on my list was because they tried to recreate that exact match when those spots too many times with without success. That's true, but it's. I, don't know, I, I just think there's so much you can do with it, and once again, you know, it, it's only number two on my list because this year it was WWE ruined it because they put the big <laughs> red light on, and you know we couldn't see anything during the match. And the then, red uh, light. Remember the red light. Strem, we're talking about the Hell in the Cell match as my number two. It's my uh, number two as well. You remember so when you Terry Funk, my number two as well. 
Do you remember wow. when Terry Funk got choke slammed out of his shoes? <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the funniest fucking things I've ever heard in my life. It's everything going on in that match, and that's the thing he puts over the most. <laughs> thank you to I want to say thank you to Keith Frangillo for pointing that out. But shout out to the '99 crew in Wilmington, and because uh, I would have never noticed that until I went back until he said it. Terry Funk got choke slammed out of his shoes. Yeah. yeah. I still uh, think the first one's the best one. Michael's an Undertaker. Yeah, Michael's an Undertaker with a debut of Kane. Unbelievable. Yeah. But yeah. I think Mankind Taker is better. Batista, <laughs> Triple H, Triple H, uh, Michaels. There's so many good ones. Mankind Undertaker had two good spots. No, it had more than that. He got Please. murdered, Chris. Dude, <laughs> no, that the two throws. Chris, the throw Mankind? off and the throw through. It wasn't. It's not a good match. He's out on his feet the whole time. No shit, he fell. Chris, <laughs> I have to disagree strongly. All you needed were those two spots, and that match was amazing. That's all you also, need. he also got choke slammed onto tax, and then you forgot about the Terry Funk out of a shoe spot. Yeah, <laughs> and, and he had to come back later in the night and interfere in a match. Imagine yes. if, imagine if he couldn't get up and interfere in the match. He's too fired. His tooth was fucking stuck it through is, his lip. His nose. In his nose. I'm just saying the first one's a better match. Shawn Michaels Undertaker Hell in Cell was amazing as well, though. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a great thing in the Michaels Undertaker one. You can actually see the moment where Michaels blades, when they're on the outside of the ring, and he gets sling. They do the slingshot spot into the cage. You can see Michaels as he's going up, just kind of wipe yeah. his hand across his forehead. Yeah. Wow, that was yeah. all three of us had that as number... Well, three out of four of us, excuse me, had that as number two. Three out of four, as I can say, everyone's smart. <laughs> Pete, what's uh, what's your number one? My number one, I bunched it into... I bunched two matches into one because I feel like they're the same match. Ladder match slash money in the bank. Yeah. The yeah. greatest gimmick match of all time, in my opinion. It's the drama... The, the symbolism reaching to the top for your, you know, your trophy, your prize. Yeah, it just right. works. Even a bad ladder match is a good ladder match, in my opinion. I don't think I've ever seen a bad ladder match. Like Even at this WrestleMania, this non-tag team, tag team ladder match was probably the, sto- the show stealer. Um, as far as the real wrestling match went, it was great. I think ladder matches... I mean, Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels, Brett and Shawn being the first ever one. Um, any Money in the Bank ladder matches, they're all good. They're all good. It's a great point. Good. Created the TLC match. I mean, without a ladder match, you don't have TLC, right? So. Or WLC. Or WLC, yes. That's right. You couldn't have the WLC. And Shrimp could have not have left the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh... It's my number one as well. Uh, and in fact, I had it. I didn't say anything when, when we were talking about Money in the Bank earlier, but I had it combined. Ladder match slash Money in the Bank. It's well, the I, don't, same. I don't know if you know, guys know, but Money in the Bank match is actually a ladder match. <laughs> <laughs> but instead of what? grabbing the title, you're grabbing a chance at the title. So <laughs> I guess these are two separate matches. Because <laughs> they both involve elevation. Right. It means it's the same match. Even the tag team uh, ladder match at this past WrestleMania, which wasn't a tag team match, was, oh was damn good. Uh, I like how he just repeated what I just fucking said. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. There's a lot of that on this show. <laughs> hey, There's you know, a lot of that on this show. I was just media. <laughs> I was just texting like you, like you are. Yeah. <laughs> John, what's your number one? Guys, my number one's obvious. Uh, it's the Royal Rumble. Yeah. It's the greatest gimmick match of all time, made by uh, made by someone uh, named Pat Patterson. Um, I, I would have put it on mine, but Braun Panties had to take over. Yeah, we understand, Pete. The- <laughs> I mean, it, it would have been on my list, but on the original text message, we said yeah. we're excluding the Royal Rumble, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think we've already talked about the Royal Rumble like a thousand oh, times. I'll talk about it anyway, <laughs> guys. Guys, the concept for the match is as such. All right. <sighs> Okay, Pink. <laughs> Unmute yourself, Pink. John, I muted you. I muted you, John. He doesn't even know. John, I muted you. <laughs> Soon, the men who drew numbers one and two will enter the ring. You fuckle you. Oh, yeah. He won't unmute himself. There we go. I don't know. Look. You guys don't include me on your original plans for episodes, and here I am. Yeah, we come down. I get this. I have a perfect sheet in front of me. I am like I'm crossing everything off, and like I got a perfect sheet. I get bingo, and you guys are just throwing me under the bus. Like John, I'm, I will say I am impressed at how well prepared you were for this this week's episode. Oh, Chris, you know I, I've been locked in the zone. I've been I've been sitting in this spot for weeks, just just cranking. <laughs> Breaking out insurance, boom, accounting, boom, this, that, this, making calls here, making calls there, taking shit here, taking shit there. And now, you know, it's as I come to an end here, you guys fucking take my tires and put your little knives through it and say, oh, it's a, don't, don't clue the Royal Rumble because we're not, we've talked about the Royal Rumble enough. <laughs> I, missed, I missed that episode. I had to call in. Uh, oh, that was wonderful. Follow that episode. Remember, John? We were banned. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't mention it on the last episode. It was on the text chain that the four of us share. That's yeah, true, it was. <laughs> uh, sometimes I have to mute it because I'm at work and my wrist just vibrates because he's so, watching Dark Side of the Ring at 10 a.m. <laughs> so I put my phone, my, my phone's right next to my bed on my windowsill, and whenever I go to bed a little too early, all I hear is ring, 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 Some of my best shit. Is that like well, two in the morning? Yeah. Well, it happened last night. You guys were going off about something. I was like, I'll just read it in the morning. Chris, Chris, we're trying to wake you up to irritate you. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't want to read twelve text messages about how good Shaq's TV oh show is. Shaq <laughs> <laughs> Life is the greatest TV show. Shaq yeah. Life is pretty funny. Um, but yeah, no, me, the, John, the, is it the second best TV show on Wednesday nights? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you remembered. Oh, you admit it. Okay. Um, but no, the other morning when uh, was it the uh, the Schultz the Schultz yeah. uh, episode Dark Knight around the world. I'm sitting, there, I'm sitting at work. I'm trying to get something done. Like I'm getting ready to go on a call, and I almost took my fucking watch and hustled across the room. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Stossel thinks he's a wrestler. <laughs> I've, I've had so many times with the two of you, and I, I just wanted to. I'm like, I can't throw my phone because then I won't have my phone. Your master heels, I'll say that much. Why with the training tag AEW tag champs? Tag team champs. Hey, wrestling purists draped in gold. The sex gods. My number one is. Oh, you have something else to talk about. I have something else to say. Yeah, 
Um, not limited to NXT. I'm going to the original War Games, the match beyond. One Second of the original. Oh, hey, <laughs> what a bastard. Muted <laughs> you. <laughs> One of the original gimmick matches. Um, you know, the original concept with WCW, five on five in five minute periods. You can only win by declaring you give up. Or, no, I'm sorry, surrender. Well, that's the actual rules for it. Was You can only win by surrender. Um, just great. Somehow the heels always won the coin toss, too. I'll never understand how that happened. But they were always great feud enders. You know, be it Sid almost killing Brian Pillman by hitting his head on the top of the cage trying to powerbomb him. Fake oh, um, Sting getting introduced. There was a lot of great stuff in the war games. And it's it's been a staple of NXT the last three years, really putting over uh, the Undisputed Era's dominance of that brand. For the layman out there, can you explain what War Games is gimmick-wise? I can. So War Games is, it predates Hell in a Cell. It's, oh. it's two rings with a cage <laughs> surrounding you. it, surrounding both rings. And it start, it's a five-on-five -five match. It starts out one-on-one. -on -one. After three minutes, the winner of the coin toss, again, usually the heels, brings uh, their, their guy in, and they have a two-on-one advantage. And then after another period, it's two-on-two, three-on-two, three-on-three, et cetera, et cetera. The match doesn't start until all ten guys are in the ring, and you can only win by, by making one of your opponents surrender. Nice. So it was nice like a start. double... It's a double ring Hell in a Cell K tag team match. It's it's great. With the Shockmaster in it. Yeah. Yes, the Shockmaster <laughs> was in one of those for sure. <laughs> it was the end of his life. <laughs> uh, end of the gimmick's life. This is the a great match. Master. Yeah, it was fun. Um well, that's uh, well, yeah. I I completely agree with you. What a great concept for a match, and I cannot wait. Until AEW has blood and guts, and they have their version of it, because because Dusty Rhodes, Co Cody's father, invented it, and you know that it's in his blood. I don't disagree with any of that. Yep, I, I just and I just want to say that uh, you know over the last ten days, the net hospitalizations are trending down, oh. the net new cases <laughs> are down. Uh, the net Stem, you, deaths Stem, by you, day. You can go, Stem, you can go golfing. Me. Drop it. Excuse me. Excuse Drop me. It, Stem. Stem. Excuse Drop me. It. I'm, you can go golfing. I'm a dictator and I'm talking, so shut up. <laughs> and and net new cases are down. Net deaths per day are down. So with all that new information, I'm extending the lockdown until the end of 2023. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I guarantee the whole plan all along has been June 17th, and they just keep. Slowly yes. extending it just so people don't go nuts. I, I'm guarantee this this idiot governor of ours. I say mid July we get to go back out in public. Not, not, my, not my governor. We we're in stay at home 2.0 guys. You guys are. So well, popular. I hate to bring it to you, but our governor today said he's been talking to your governor, so they make sure they do things similarly. So yeah. similarly, meaning that by the 30th of this month, baby, we'll be breaking free. Yeah, they're gonna be. See you guys in July, bitch. They're gonna I'm be docking. looking for a mid-July, a mid-July <laughs> opening. We will be docking. Strem, Strem, docking. come to the come to the dock side. You know you want it. You know you love it up here. Uh, I I consider worse than that if you believe that. We'll talk about that offline. And docking rhymes with rocking. <laughs> That's right. Um, Still has a I, great voice. 
I just want to say as good as Ted Poley. Ted Pooley's the man. Thank this thank thank you to Governor Nunu for opening up the golf courses on Monday because you got a petition with eighty five hundred signatures on it. Thanks for lying to everyone saying you don't golf anymore. You live on fucking Abenaki. Yeah. Yeah, I'll see we'll see you later, Sununu. Yeah. See you later, Sununu. So I don't have the um the list for uh topics that's on another mm. computer. It's on my work computer. Um, so does anybody have an idea for our next episode? I always have good ideas when I'm not thinking about them. Now I can't top, think of uh, top, so top, top 10 wrestling t-shirts. I do want to do the top 10 legitimate tough men no, who would voted, win voted. fight. <laughs> Wait, where was it? We never did the top 10, like, who would, who would legit be a badass in real life oh, fighter. Like if it were a shoot? Yeah. Shoot fight. Yeah, wrestling were a shoot. Know, like, I feel like, how do you know? Unless you really fight that. To, we knew that's that to oh, be discussed. That. So, <laughs> so basically, the top ten most believable badasses. So basically, the whole podcast is going to be each of us going, I really think so-and-so could beat people up because he looks tough. I No, the whole podcast will be this. My dad can kick your dad ass because he's taller than him. <laughs> some shoot stuff. We'll get into some stories about, uh, for instance, Dan Severin. Trying to turn the Royal Rumble into a shoot and throwing everybody out. Uh, you know, your Kurt Angles, your Brock Lesnar's, your Steve Blackman's, your Haku's. So I think we should. Uh, I've always been more of a Steve Whiteman kind of guy. Whiteman, yeah. Or something. I've always been a Steve Orange man or something. <laughs> Fuck <Uncle>. yeah. <laughs> At that, you know, I think it's time. <laughs> So, yeah, I've always been a Steve, uh, Steve Tuxbury Redman or something. Racist town. Go to hell. So, yeah, top ten guys you think would win in a shoot. Right. Yeah, that, I think so. this is the God of Hellfire's idea. You guys, um, it's, it's, you guys, back six weeks ago. Are you guys uh, not including anyone now you can tell me, like the Royal Rumble? or uh, No, everybody... The top ten people. Everybody except win. for Braun Strowman. Done. <laughs> Any Pete, John, Jesus. Pete John. Any ten. Pete John. Yeah. Pete John. Any ten guys, the ten Pete toughest John. guys you think would win in a shoot. Awesome. Hornswoggle's oh. my number one. No. Come on. <laughs> what? I think you could fucking just chew your fucking yeah. knees. How can you, you wouldn't even know he was there? Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. punch you right in the dick. You wouldn't even Double see it. rifle up your ass. If you, just... want, if you want to put Hornswoggle on your list, put Hornswoggle on. Do I have to. He's the toughest guy in wrestling. I just... <laughs> you're, forcing, you're forcing my hand. You have no choice. Oh. Oh, no respect. <laughs> oh, Christ. All right. Well, I mean, it's boys. Gene, at number two, I can. <laughs> I'm going to click stop recording now. It was fun. Right. See you next time. Good show. Good show. Good show.